Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 331, the first of the new year. Happy it's January. New year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2015. Ooh, 2015. RIP 2014, 2014 to 2014. Rip in peace, 2014. Uh, 2013, or 2015 begins. It's January 3rd. We're here after the vacation, the holidays, the distractions, whatever it is. We're back for you. I it, hope you had a good rest. It's been 2015 for longer for two of us. Ooh. Who? Well, there's Alice Wilkinson. Uh-huh. Because we're English. I get it. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, and Alex Fuller. Yes. <laughs> I'm, not sure well. I'm not sure else to go with that. Do you guys do you guys drop cool things at midnight in England? No, we just blow up a load of fireworks. Okay, because they drop things in the US. It's fascinating. They drop a drag queen in a shoe. Mm-hmm. They drop a crab. They mm-hmm. drop a ball. Mm-hmm. And they drop a guitar. Yep. And then they Watch. have lots of fireworks. It'd be better if we actually dropped them instead of had them lowered gently. <laughs> it's like at 2015, we just boom. Oh. I would prefer we not squish the drag queen. Oh, that's the one I was most looking forward to dropping. No! Pretty sure that would end up in the six o'clock news. <laughs> so we also have Phil Willis. Howdy. Salutations, felicitations, and jubilations. Yeah, all those. Yeah, woohoo! And party on! I'm Chris Privetier, and this is my wife Anna Marie Privetier. Hello. And uh, we're back. This is RP Gamer. Woohoo! We do things sometimes. Well, you've convinced me. <laughs> Have I? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so we do things like fly remote control helicopters. Which, if you're on the street... Oh, ah! Nope, that's on the floor now. <laughs> Hold on. You did better at your dad's place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's got a... So, while Chris is attempting to fling plastic around the room, how was your Christmas, everybody? Anyone? Yeah, it went that well. Mine was nice and serene. Well, yeah. that's good. Did you have to work, Alice? We're like, uh, yeah, I was I was doing work over Christmas. Not Aww. actually on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but I was working the days either side of it during the evening. Aww. Did you get to spend any time with your family? I went home a week earlier. Oh, okay. Sorry, I Phil, I cut you off. off. You had a very serene Christmas. That's right. We're the anti-Christmas people over here. We do our best to avoid any invitations, relatives, and everything else, and we just we just go into a hermit mode and play video games the way nature intended. Sorry, it's awesome. A helicopter accident almost took out the earn internet. <laughs> nice going, Chris. <laughs> Darn helicopters! So we had a really good Christmas. Um. There were some family woes because there have been some deaths in the family and um, decisions had to be made for someone who was a surviving widow. But um, we actually stayed really quiet as well. We played a lot of video games. so And then we had friends over for New Year's Eve, which was really fun. We played a lot of um, Jackbox. 
Yeah, that Jackbox thing's cool. Oh, ow, my crotch. <laughs> uh, that Jackbox thing's pretty cool. Fibbage. We played a lot of Fibbage. I'm very good at lying, it turns out. You, Anna, you're good at all the Jackbox games. I am really out. good at all the Jackbox games. So I won a lot, so I decided to retire early. <laughs> I like Jackbox. waited until... Yeah, so you remember You Don't Know Jack, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they put out a new You Don't Know Jack, and what it is is you play it on like a PS4 or an Xbox One or your iPad, and then instead of using controllers, you use your phone. And it's like jackbox.tv. So anybody who has a smartphone or a tablet can... Um, be careful, Chris. You're going to... Okay, Sophie is, like, terrified now. <laughs> uh, oh, where'd it go? It's in the doorway. Well, so much for the helicopter. <laughs> so what, what more about Jackbox? <laughs> so um, it's You Don't Know Jack, and you play it with your phone, and it has, like, the four buttons and your screw. And on top of that, they put out what's called the Jackbox. And the Jackbox, on top of having You Don't Know Jack, has four other party games. So one is Fibbage. And so what it does is you pick a topic like um, um, the calendar and it will give you some sort of um, thing that happened. It's like, you know, on January 1st, 2000, people in New York felt a blank. And that one's a little obvious, but. um, Giant flatulence. Right. And so you make up a fake answer that sounds relatively viable. You know, so cold, uh, giant flatulence, real serious wind, you know, major rain, snow, earthquake, earthquake. And then people have to try to guess out of all the answers that are put up on the board, which one is actually the truth. And so you make all the lies, and then um, people try to figure out which one the true one is, and you get points if they pick your lie instead. Yes. That's Sounds like a pretty awesome party game. It, it is. is it's game, really yeah. funny. So, yes. Kind of, <laughs> kind of blows away the apples to apples story I had. <laughs> no, no, you tell us the apples to apples story. I'm really good at apples to apples, too. Well, it was just that uh, we, yeah, we were playing Apples to Apples. You guys know Apples. It's a, it's a hilarious game, especially if you had a couple of drinks. Uh, and um, and every time there would be a round, this guy kept saying, oh, I could have played this card, but it would have got me in trouble. It would have won me the game, but it would have got me in trouble. So eventually the game in, and we're like, okay, what's this card you kept talking about? It was girls, women. <laughs> I think it was women specifically. Yeah, because every other, every you know how it works. You somebody lays down an adjective or whatever, and you're supposed to put down the noun that goes with it. And uh, you know, if it was gripey, happy, whatever, it seemed like women would apply just about everything. So, yeah, he he was yeah. But if he would have done it, he would have gotten in trouble with his girlfriend because she was sitting right there. So, yeah. Chris, you unplugged my monitor. I did not. Yeah, you did. Oops. <laughs> not on purpose. Um, okay. So, did you guys do anything fun for New Year's? Nope. Yeah. Uh, here. Yep, sat here. Um, same same thing as I did for Christmas, play video games. Uh, well, okay, I mean, I might have watched a couple of fireworks go off from the, uh, from our balcony, but that was about it. Yeah, no, I was watching an HL. What's oh. really bad is, is we're playing down in the basement, and we have a basement well that's made, you know, pretty much out of metal, so every time the fireworks go off in the street, it just bounces back and forth, and oh, it really pretty out. It's like it focuses it onto the room that we're in. So I didn't have my headset on. I was just playing with normal volume, and it scared the 
crap out of me. He did wonders for the cat, too, who, uh, who left a nice little gnash on my leg so in response to the fireworks. Tiggs in the chat says, for European people, think blankety-blank, except with a real answer. Oh, that- right. Okay. Okay, that makes okay. sense to you? Yes. Sweet. Okay. So that was Possibly good. not the younger ones, but... <laughs> so, what games did you guys get for Christmas? I got a remote control helicopter. Chris got a remote control yeah. helicopter. Who gave him that? Um, so his dad gave everybody toys. So me and Chris's sister got Play-Doh. And Chris and his brother-in-law got these um, air uh, helicopters. Uh, Tell him not to do that again. (laughs) This is fun, though. So you guys didn't get any games for Christmas? I got Smash Brothers Wii U. Yay! From from my future mother-in-law, of all people. Chris was actually really upset because I didn't realize the only person that he asked for Smash Brothers from was me. And um, I figured that everybody and their mother was going to get it for him, and no one got it for him. He was very sad. And then he got a helicopter. So I bought it for him on New Year's Eve. Oh, well, hey, at least there's a happy ending for that one. Yes. Chris mostly got games that were stolen in more easily accessible formats. So we got like an Uncharted box set and an Assassin's Creed box set. And he got Fantasy Life because I got two copies of Fantasy Life. And Yeah, we made it very easy for future thieves to steal many games in just a few discs. Uh-huh. Good thing we have a security system. So <laughs> um, I got Fantasy Life, which was very good because that was like the one thing that I wanted. And then, of course, I got my I got Natural Doctrine, and I got our No Surge, and then I got my traditional box of crap. So I have about, to go get my box of crap so I can tell you guys what's in it. So I, you guys, I was about to say I was interested in hearing your thoughts when you get around to playing each of those until you said box of crap. I'm not sure if I want your thoughts on box of crap. Oh no, you'll understand. I'm gonna go get it, and uh-huh. Phil and Alex and Alice, you guys talk about what you guys got for Christmas. Okay. Well, Did- I also got I also got some money to go towards the fact that our washing machine broke about a month ago. You? Ooh. Have you not washed your clothes for a month? Wow, yeah. No. Nasty. Because we replaced it fairly quickly. I got we I replaced it, right? Yeah. But then I also got some money back for the cost that I spent replacing it. Since it was close to what? 700, 800 dollars equivalent or something? Possibly more. Oh, well, it's a nice washing machine now, right? Well, yeah, it's a washer-dryer, like the previous one was. Yeah, my, uh, my main person was a hockey stick. So. Hockey stick! Yeah, we talked about that hockey stick, didn't yeah, we? Hockey. That, we? We totally turned that into a full-blown RPG on the RPG backtrack. Wait, how does a hockey stick turn into an RPG? Why, Chris, I'm glad you asked. 
So what you do is you go match that up with a you know a Freddy Krueger mask or something you have in your closet. Everyone's got one somewhere, and you just go outside and you role play with anybody who happens to be walking around the street, pretending that you're what's his name, Jason or whoever, and you just start smacking the hell out of people. See, it's a role playing game. Of course, it might may not have some real consequences. It sounds but, more like you know. a murder simulator to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all in good fun. You know, I'm all about acting out. You know, role playing. I do a lot of pen and paper stuff, and you know, we get there's into a it. Di- there's a dice roll. Yeah, there's a dice roll. Before you smack somebody, you're like, hold on, stand there one second. Oh, God, oh, wait, they have to okay. wait while you roll the dice. Do you have to pick, pick one of those <laughs> big ones that's easy to see when you roll on the sidewalk? It's like a two-foot D20 or something. Here, do you want to roll your defense? Here, just just roll this and let me know what yeah. it is. Well, uh, you know, in, in, in most of these, uh, you know, Pathfinder and such, you, you just roll an attack. Defense doesn't really get a, get a, get a roll. They just got to stand there and wait, see if they get hit or not. So, yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, I t- I got I didn't really get any gifts because most of the people uh most of the people in my life don't know me well enough to know what games to get me. They just know that I have a crap ton of games and they're afraid of getting what I already have. Oh, so, I you know, solved I, I, that problem. How did you solve that problem? I make a list of games that I want through the year and then I divide them up amongst the three different wish lists that I need to make. Yeah, there you go. That'll work. And I mean like, my parents and my brother are not necessarily that game savvy, so I give them the games that are easy to find or, like, more popular printings or on systems that they understand. Like, my family understands what a 3DS is and what a PlayStation 3 is, but if I ask them for a Vita game, I think they would be very confused. So I try to give them console games and 3DS games. My sister-in-law and my father-in-law are a little bit more savvy, so I can say things like, I need an eShop card because X only comes out on the eShop. And they understand that. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. My parents would too. Like, the last year they got me a PSN card, which I didn't buy a PSN because I'm a PS Plus, but it lasted me through the year. Used up the rest of it just a few days ago getting Suikoden, or yesterday, today. Hooray! Yay, Suikoden 2! Woohoo! Still had $5 on the gift card, but I had to go online because because uh, that whole hacking thing that's going on, I guess, uh, when I try to buy, you know, I try to, to, it's a $10 game, so I try to grab the rest of the balance off my credit card, and it said, unfortunately, cannot access your credit card. Try it back again in a day. I'd never seen this error message before in my, in my life, and I use PSN all the time. So I had yeah, to go on to Sunny's. Pretty much yeah, they were... constantly from about the 23rd through the new year. Yeah, so if any of y'all are facing that error and you're dying to buy something, here's the solution. You go to you go to the Sony uh, store online, uh, you log in with your PSN account, and then uh, I used PayPal to fund my you know to fund my PSN wallet. And then I was able to go back on my Vita. I had to reboot it, by the way, because it kept coming up with some weird error. Rebooted the Vita, connected, finally was uh, able to buy uh, Suikoden with the with the money in my wallet. But no, I got a whole bunch of uh, I got a bunch of generic like Amazon gift cards. And I also had a whole handful of them um, from the points on my credit card. My, my company sends me sent me on a lot of trips this year. So I kept throwing it all onto my Chase Rewards credit card. And I just saved all those points at the end of the year. So I uh, got a lot of gift cards. So I just took all of those gift cards. And uh, where did I get it at? Was it Best Buy or Target? Target. And I bought myself a Wii U. 
So I am finally in the Wii U club that my friends kept pressuring me into. Phil, you need to play Mario Kart with us. Phil, when I say friends, I really mean just one friend in Florida because I'm pretty antisocial. You know, Phil, you need to play Mario Kart and Super Smash Brothers. So, yeah, went to, went to Target. And Target had a really good – and I forgot Target does this sometimes. They had a really good deal last year. It was with the PlayStation 4. I got It was buy one game, get one game, half off or something. Well, they did the same thing again for the Christmas rush. It was buy a game, get one 40% off, and you can mix, match. It didn't matter what you had the only catch was because they were pretty much the only guys running a promotion at that level most of the shelves were were bare thankfully the one down in downtown salt lake city had <laughs> plenty of games so i managed to pick up bayonetta 2 and mario kart smash brothers uh super mario whatever it is 3d no 3d land came with the system the other one um the side scrolling one uh new Super Mario Brothers Wii U. <clears throat> and uh, I forget what other game I picked. Oh, uh, Zelda Hyrule Warriors. So, yeah, buy one, get one, 50% off. It was great. Um, 40% off. So, yeah, got a whole bunch of Wii games, played a lot of Smash Brothers on uh, New Year's with my friend. It was great. It's me, Mario. Couldn't kick the crap out of you. Wait, what? Nothing. Didn't say a word. No, that, that was, that was, you have that an was amiibo? You have an amiibo? No, I looked into that. My friend's really into it because he's like, yeah, he was really funny. Well, I was buying the Wii U, and I was cursing at him for enabling me because I'm like, dude, you talked me into this, and you know I've already got like four freaking systems I don't have enough time for. Da, 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 da. You're such an enabler. You know I've got a weakness here. And he's like, well, that's what you get for talking me to buying all these role-playing games. So, uh, so while I'm standing in line, I'm just picking up stuff really quick here in Salt Lake City. He's in Florida, and he was trying to uh, buy this one Amiibo. <laughs> Every EB Games he'd go into had a line going out the freaking door there in Florida. Much easier here in Utah. Ran right in, got Smash Brothers from EB Games. It was great. Uh, handed him my cash, walked out. I, I made it back home before he even was halfway through the line. It was great. But no, no, I, I saw what those Amiibo things are. I, I just, oh, uh, yeah. Does, doesn't quite uh, do doesn't it. look quite as compelling to me as like Spyro. Hmm. I like the whole Spyro thing. I mean, I've done that before, and you got the portal of power, and you stick one of your characters on there, and he flashes on the screen. Here comes blah blah, and it's got all of his level data and stuff like that. Here, it seems like in some games it unlocks something. With uh, Smash Brothers, I thought maybe it would tie in your character levels or something, but it controls an AI amiibo character somehow. It didn't look very compelling to me. I don't really care about no amiibo AI character of Smash Brothers. All I care about is the character I'm playing it's, with. You can use it as an AI or you can use it as your character. No, you can't. What? Yeah, it's only an AI. Yeah. That's the way it read. <laughs> it, it looked kind of boring to me because I didn't really care about the AI characters. Yeah. It was, yeah. And my you friend know, was... Oh, go ahead, Chris. Uh, you can make a me that's you. If you'd yeah, like, Anna, just, but you, not your amiibo. Okay, I thought you could play as your amiibo. Nope. Um, my uh, my friend was 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 swearing because he finally got home with Smash Brothers and his amiibo puts the amiibo on the registers. It gets the whole thing done, and then plays against his AI amiibo, who proceeds then to kick his ass over and over and over again. It was awesome. I just like in this game, my amiibo is is killing me. Yeah. Practice some more Smash Brothers. So, yeah, we that's what we did for three hours straight. Smash. But now I can play with Chris. Chris has got Smash. Woo-hoo. I do. Yep. I have awesome. Smash as well. That's All right. Lots of Smashes. Smashing around. We have many Smash. It was pretty It was pretty darn fun. I'd love to play with you guys. 
And I was surprised. Didn't have he's not that Florida's that far away, but you know, probably good two, three, twenty five, I don't know, something like that from Utah. And uh no lag. No. They the only hiccups we had seemed to be more inherent to the game than uh than the internet connection. I think I only saw the lag symbol once in three hours. So pretty good. Took a little while to get everything set up like Nintendo does. It was really funny. When I got the Wii U and I'm unpacking it, I'm hooking up to the TV, and Shirley's all excited I got this and stuff because she told me to go get it. And uh, and then like half an hour later, I'm on the computer, and she's like, aren't you going to play your Wii U? I said, I am. What are you talking about? I said, I have to set up my Nintendo account. I have to go online and look it up because I try to use the credentials for the 3DS, and it's it's just not nearly as seamless as, you know, PlayStation Network, where when I got my Vita or my PS4, I just logged in, boom. Any games that I had bought that were compatible were there, boom. It, no, 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 no. I got to go and hook up my this account to that account and jump through some hoops. And heaven forbid I ever want to transfer those games I have on the Wii through the Wii Shop over to the Wii U. I saw it. They, they actually send you an email. Hey, welcome to Wii U. Here is an easy 20-step process for getting your games from your Wii console to your Wii U. Good not, luck. It's <laughs> not that hard. <laughs> it looks it looks like a lot of... Hey, you, run a thing, you run a thing on the one. It's just like transferring on DS. It's like the same process. I haven't done that either. Oh, well. The Pikmin come, they help you out, man. The Pikmin come... <laughs> That'd be pretty yes. funny. No, they come, do. Yeah. The Pikmin come and they help you out. Okay, Chris, since you seem knowledgeable about this, do you know if it would uh, would Ogre Battle 64, would that be able to run on my Wii U? Yeah. Yes. Woo! for Wii mode. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a Wii emulator inside the Wii U, so you just press the mm-hmm. thing. You, once you transfer it all over, all those games disappear from your Wii, and now they're on your Wii U, so they are permanently transferred, and then uh, you can play them all on the Wii U Wii mode. Cool. Nope. <laughs> it's very annoying. Because well, I'm trying to like, okay, now I've got five and, consoles. And that's how you get things like uh, the virtual console discounts for the Wii U versions of virtual console games. You have to transfer them first. So they got to show up in your Wii, your your emulated Wii thing, and then you'll get the sale notifications like, hey, you've already got this. You can upgrade for $1.50 to the Wii U version of this virtual console game. Oh. Well, I might do that. So the only thing really then, okay, so because I was thinking, can I get rid of my Wii? So the only thing now left tying tying that Wii console to my entertainment center is the GameCube games I got. Yep, GameCube and (coughs) anything that is like, um, well, is there anything really? Yeah, I guess just GameCube stuff. Mm, Okay. Cool. So I might I might look into just polishing off my GameCube games that are in my backlog and maybe just getting dumping that system permanently. I will check that out. Of course, that also probably means I'd have like three Wii modes that are useless because they have to be they have to be the fancier ones with the with the move sensor on them, right? The Wii Plus remotes or whatever they're called. I think it depends on the game. I'm not sure. Uh, well, my I have one Wii Plus remote, and that is the one I got with uh, with that new Ze- the, the newest Zelda game yeah. on the Wii. You got the and gold has- one. Yeah. The gold one, it's real purdy. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Just, it, it did work with my... We had a friend come over and play some Smash Brothers. So I'm like, wait, I'm pretty sure I can get this other controller to work. Give me a second. And I was able to get that to work. I mean, uh, yeah, well, Smash know. Brothers works with, like, freaking everything under the sun, right? Yeah. So Wii U pro tip. If you want your gold and Zelda remote to work with Wii, Wii U, make sure you plug in the sensor bar. <clears throat> didn't, didn't really think that was necessary because I wasn't really pointing at the screen or anything, but it, it, it is apparently for the controller to work. So... Oh, now okay. I got two sensor bars until I get rid of the Wii. Well, you know the thing about the sensor bar is you can 
since it just emits light, it doesn't sense anything. You can um, use one sensor bar for both systems, essentially. Hmm. As, as if hmm. like one's on, as long as the sensor bar is powered, I guess is, is the trick. Ah, oh, 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 interesting. So as long as it's getting power, oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. That is good to know. Little tidbits from Chris. <laughs> I, I guess, but who would want to have both of them on at the same point? So never mind. But we transferred, so that's so we only use the Wii for GameCube games. So we don't even have the sensor bar hooked up to the Wii anymore. Which, uh, who? Uh, that probably won't be a question of the week, but I'll be a nice form thread starter, whatever have you. Is 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 my Wii worth keeping around for my for my GameCube games? Because there really aren't that many. There's Skies of Arcadia and a few others, and and then the question is, could I not obtain some of those through other means? So I'll have to look. I'll have to go through, uh, see what I got there. I got like the collector's edition Zelda thing, but I think uh, Zelda disc, which had like Zelda one, two, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, but all of those are. I'm probably I got you know like Ocarina of Time now on my 3DS anyways. Zelda one and two is sitting on my 3DS through the ambassador. Well, you're not going to have that Master Quest version of Ocarina. Mm. Any other way? The one where everything's backwards. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably okay. Could you imagine trying to get through the Water Temple, which almost everybody had to use a walkthrough to get through that? Imagine that, but you're in reverse and you're using the wrong rock walkthrough. I didn't like that temple at all. I played no, it on the it, 3DS. I didn't like that temple at all. No, it was and evil. That's the fixed version, right? So, yeah. it was Satan Spawn. <laughs> oh, me. Phil's got the bubonic plague or something today. What the heck? No, it's all this dry. Do you this- have Ebola? Ebola, yeah, there you go. That, that's it. You got me, Chris. Okay. I that in the strong. That is literally like fifteen percent humidity here. I've got like eight humidifiers on in the house, trying to turn our house into little Florida because it, it gets pretty dry here during the winter. Pot of boiling water, everything. Well, Chris is excited. I yeah, water. I'm just so excited right now. <laughs> What is that noise? We've got like running wide their vacuum. Noise. Yeah, it sounds like a vacuum in the background. <laughs> it's probably Phil. Well, the only thing I can hear, I can hear the fan on my laptop. Oh, uh, that might that be, it, be it, actually. That is exactly <laughs> what it is. And this oh. tiny internal fan, you can hardly hear it. Um, no. Of course, I can hardly I got the headset on. <sighs> That's funny. Should we proceed with the box of crap? Yes. Yeah, you books crap. Okay. So, oh my gosh, where do I start? Well, first of all, I got 30 Great Games Obstacle Course for the Wii U. And I got it again last year, so we re-gifted it to our brother and sister-in-law. Yeah, that was my big oops. <laughs> so, for those who are unfamiliar with the box of crap, um, when Chris and I first started dating... For whatever reason possessed him, he went around on like Best Buy and Amazon and a couple of other sites and found all of the crap games that were on sale for $5 or less. And he put them all in a box for me. And so now it has sort of become tradition that every year I get a terrible box of crap. And there's been some really good games in these boxes of crap, so I don't mind that much. So I also got Hollywood Squares for the Wii. Bakugan for the Wii. Hollywood Squares. <laughs> Tell what stars are in this version of Hollywood oh, Squares, Anna. I, I gotta pull it out. This is like heavily packed. 
Brad Garrett, would take Whoopi Goldberg Kathy for the win. Griffin, Jeffrey Tambor, and Martin Mull. I don't know. I've, I've never heard of any of these. I Martin have... Mull is Colonel Mustard in the movie Clue. And we know who no, Kathy Griffin is. No, he's an That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy Griffin is uh, on uh, the, does the New Year's Eve special with Anderson Cooper every year, and she's a stand-up comic. That's all I can tell you about. <laughs> That's really about it. I have Dancing with the Stars for PlayStation Woo. 2. <laughs> That's one of my favorite finds, Dancing with the Stars. I have Oops. Games for Boys, and it's not F-O-R. It's literally the number four, and it is four computer games. Uh, let me pull it out so that I can see. It's Junger, Jungo. I have no idea what that is. Reaction, which is spelled with two X's. Tornado Jockey, where you steer a level five twister through a town and try to destroy as much as possible. And Polar Golfer. The, the okay. twister actually sounds like fun. That, that sounds like some of the stuff that I do in SimCity. Polar Golfer, you play as a polar bear. And you just whack the ball. I don't think there's a club. Well, no, how they grip it. That's just silly. <laughs> there is, um, on Xbox 360, the Black Eyed Peas Experience. Let's get it started in here. Wow. And it requires a connect. It also requires a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have Truth or Lies for the PS3, which requires a minimum of two players. I have no idea how that's going to work. I Pet and Friends, which is a PlayStation Move game, requires PlayStation Camera. I have Angry Birds Star Wars for the PS3. And... Juju Puppies for the DS. I've never heard of this, but apparently it is like some sort of TV show or like um, toys of some sort. You haven't heard Juju Pets? No. Oh, and Power Lord, I've already given her the Michael Jackson experience in a past box of crap. That was, yeah, I think that was like my very first box of crap. Yeah, the the Michael Jackson experience was fast-tracked into the box of crap. <laughs> Sadly, that was one of the games that was stolen. Yeah. We I never... don't think we're going to replace that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think that was the part that made us laugh, is we had just sort of mixed in all the box of crap games with our regular games. So um, pretty much the entirety of all of my first two box of crap games were stolen. All right, so what else you got on here, Anna? Um, cut the rope, triple so, threat. So the joke is really on the thieves. Yeah, yeah. really, yeah. We, we, we were kind of snickering about that one. <laughs> cut the rope, triple threat for 3DS, which is one of those things that is sort of an inside joke because it's not a bad game, but I don't like cut the rope. <laughs> so that may end up getting re-gifted. Um, so explain to me the chase, Chris. What? So this is the chase Felix meets Felicity. I don't know. So you choose either Felix or Felicity, and then you have to date the other person. Yeah, I think it's your job to get in bed with them. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. 
And then <laughs> I got the European version of Hell's Kitchen the game. It apparently did not ever come out in North America. I can't imagine why. It's it's the crazy thicker European packaging that I've only seen on like um, the Inazuma Eleven games that Alice brought me a couple of years ago. Wait, wait, oh, it's, Hel- a, it's a DS title, is it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a DS, DS title. title. Yeah. Wait, yeah, Hell's Kitchen. Awesome. You're talking about the show where Ramsey goes and yes. yeah. plays about restaurant. What? Yes. How the hell do you turn that into a game? I have no idea. I'm That's so why I bought it for her. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't understand how this works, but she loves Gordon Ramsay gifts, so I've got. I guess this it's for like her. cooking mama, but uh, Mina. I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to being yelled at. Better than, yo, piece of crap. How could you serve this? It just swears at you. That's why it's only out in the Europe, right? Bollocks. Mm. Um, and then you know a game was going to be good when it's called The Game. So not only did you get me The Bachelor, the video game, <laughs> but you got me Grease, the official video game. Well, yeah, of the musical, of the of the game, of the movie. <laughs> And then you got me Heathcliff frantic photo, and I have no idea who Heathcliff is. That's my favorite thing. You've never heard of Heathcliff. No, it's apparently some sort of cat. Yes, it's... Oh my gosh, yeah. He's right there there next to Garfield. Yeah, I've never heard of him. I guess Heathcliff cartoons are not that popular in Canada. I don't know. Even I know where Heathcliff is. Okay. Um, And then you actually got me Duck Dynasty 3DS, which I'm kind of excited about. That's going to be terrible. That's last year's Duck Dynasty. Oh, it's not this year's? No. Oh, that makes me sad. No, this year's is the, the HD one. Oh, oh right. Chris, stop, make, stop making your wife sad. No. I I'm... gave her a box of crap. I'm, past, <laughs> I'm well past that point now. Right. This was made by um, the studio that... Um, do you guys know who Doug Hill Stom is? Anybody? Bueller? You used to work for the Yeah, show. I, I yeah. do. Except... He was the guy that hired me on RP Gamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the guy who hired me on RP Gamer, and he used to work there, I'm pretty sure. If it's the studio that I'm thinking of, the one in Arkansas. So which one did he work on? He used to work for Black Lantern Studios, I think. And they made what? This Duck Dynasty game. Oh, really? Oh, we should ask him about that. Yeah. It's been a few years since he's worked there. Noodle is very upset that you don't know about Heathcliff, Anna. I'm sorry. <laughs> you better you better talk to her or something. Oh, She's... and I got Natural Doctrine, which that should make Alex happy. No, he doesn't like that game, oh. remember? <laughs> it was in the books. Michael <laughs> makes Michael Apps happy. Now, makes Apps happy. Natural okay. Doctrine was not... So one of the rules of the box of crap is the games can't cost more than like $5, um, preferably less if possible. But oh, okay. it's not in the box Natural of crap, Doctrine yeah. was not a, net, a box of crap game. That was a... That was a, are you sure you want this, Anna? Okay. All right. Because <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> Game. Yep. Uh, yeah, I put, I put some time into it when I was in, in Indonesia. It, it definitely is an acquired taste. So, like yeah, in, yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. see how many of these I can stream. The DS ones I can't. But, yeah, this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. And so, as part of 2015... If you go to board.rbgamer.com, under the staff review blogs, which I really need to rename, um, I have started something called the No New Games in 2015 Self-Challenge. It's a lie. Don't believe the hype. I know. 
So Don't the, believe Paz's lies. So the TLDR version, I'm going to play primarily games released prior to December 31st, 2014. Replays of old faves I've, I've always wanted to go back to are included. The goal is not to finish everything, nor, to tr nor even to try everything, because I have a list that's like 100 games already. And then new games may be played and purchased. So we'll see. Don't believe Omdor's lies. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you can follow along and see the games that I'm playing for that. And there is a Google Doc that's in that post. And you can follow all the games that I'm playing and how long I played them for, et cetera, et cetera. Done. Oh, okay. Did we talk about what we've been playing? Mm, no. Okay. What have you been playing, Anna? I finished Persona Q. Ooh, what did you think about Persona from Q? From the Persona 4 main character perspective. I really liked it. It was very good. Anyone else here finished Persona 4? Or Persona Q, rather? No, I'm about five or six hours in. How do you like it so far? Uh, I, it's good, but I think it's sort of turned me off etching-style games just because they don't really suit my play, my play style. Uh, so okay. it's probably one of the things that I can play sort of one of that type of game every two years or something. <laughs> have you played Etrian Odyssey recently? I've never played Etrian Odyssey. So this oh, is okay. my first. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you like Persona games? Yes. Okay. So I'll probably keep at it because it is still, it's Persona enough for me just to be liking it. That's good. And then I finished Persona Q on December 24th. So the next day I started Fantasy Life. And that game has taken over my soul. I have two jobs mastered and four other jobs at Expert and two other jobs at um, Adept. So <laughs> I put about 35 hours into it. I should actually, you know, advance the story at some point. So how, how are you liking it? It's good. It's addictive. Really? Yeah. I just like that no matter how much time you have to play there's always something that you can do and they make it really easy to sort of get around places so you get the ability to teleport to the three major cities and you get a horse that goes really fast and you get um, rides in airships and in planes and yeah they just made getting around really easy and that helps a ton this is like the game Fantasy Life is like the game that, like, um, you know, Animal Crossing wants to be. If you like to level up in MMOs, you'll like Fantasy Life. Yeah, I guess that's a good point, too. Okay, so what if, what if, what if, what if, what if my, my wife really isn't an MMO fan or anything like that? But your wife, is, your wife plays your wife so like much this. MMOs, you're full of crap. No, she, she got bored of 14 really quick. So. Really quick? How, yeah. how quick is really quick? Like, we're not playing it anymore. Oh, that my was, God. Two months tops. What level oh. was she? 30-ish. Oh, yeah. But she plays Animal Crossing, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, she, 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 she did like Animal Crossing. You don't and have to, like, grind for forever. It's grindy, but, like, it's quick rewards. Yeah, and, like, the progress it, is fast. It's all goal-oriented gameplay. So it's like... Yeah, you have to go out and mine 300 times, but at the same time, you have quests to go get silver and gold and go mine up bones and go to this area and kill things as an archer. And so even though it is, in essence, a game entirely comprised of fetch quests, 
there's so much cool stuff wrapped around it that it doesn't matter. Cool. Speaking of MMOs, have you been playing WoW? I have. How's WoW going for you? Oh my gosh, it is it is really good. You know, I just, you know, <clears throat> I've played so many of the other expansions that come out, I usually get bored. Uh, within a month or two, uh, Pandaria was like that for me. I got really excited at the beginning. Felt really awesome for like the first two or three levels because, you know, you're taking over the island for the horde. There's one point where I actually turn a, a town from uh, from an alliance town to a horde one. You know, it's all through that phase technology, but it made me feel like a, a badass undead guy, you know, general. They were all looking up to me. But then at some point, you know, during it, uh, the horde had to retreat or we were running out of warriors or whatever the deal was and the guy looks at me he's the guy in charge he's like yeah Kriegor uh you know you're doing a great job we've made some progress here but uh we got to go back to war chief and get some more reinforcements while we're gone why don't you get to know the people of the land oh and see that was rpges for get ready for a whole bunch of boring farm quest uh and fetch quests and all that which it pretty much yeah killed it for me but uh but here in warlords of draenor oh no 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 it's been non-stop i feel like the i feel like the guy in charge i got a garrison i'm telling them what to build when to build it get those you know minions or uh, whatever to work uh you know they're i'm going and clearing the land for my city you know, reestablishing the horde or establishing the horde presence and wherever it is we're at. I, I, the details of the story kind of bore me. I, I just, I just like the fact that I'm taking over this uh, this huge ass land for uh, for the horde, and I've got my own town to run. And even Thrall's like coming to me for advice. That's awesome, and that makes me feel good. That makes me feel powerful. And everyone's like, "Oh, war, you know, commander. Oh, yes, sir." You know, suddenly people stand up at attention and stuff. You get, you just get that feeling. You know, it's still World of Warcraft. There's still the quest, go kill X number of things and stuff. But it's, it feels more dynamic. It feels like you're all, you know, you're more on the move, uh, and it feels like that you're, you know, you're progressing through the land and taking it, you know, and basically uh, not maybe not taking it over, but taming it uh, and conquering it for for the hordes. So uh, or the alliance, I suppose, if you're playing alliance. Uh, I'll go and play the alliance sometimes. Um, I did. Um, I did. Uh, I got my garrison up to level two, which was really cool. Because at first level, it's kind of small. It looks more like an outpost. And I thought, well, this is kind of cool, but you know, ain't a whole lot here. But when it leveled up to two, holy cow! Like doubled in size. You know, more buildings to play with, and each of these buildings do uh, different things. Uh, I, I haven't quite figured out the implications on the economy because. Uh, usually, whenever I play World of Warcraft, all of my characters, I just make them gatherers, and I throw all the crap on the auction house, and people who are working professions buy it up by in the droves, and that's what funds everything for me. But nowadays, uh, you know, you can you, you you can have a mine right there in your garrison, and it produces all these ores that you might need for blacksmith, and I imagine. And since uh, you no longer have to work your way up through the profession chain, so to speak, uh, in English, uh, <clears throat> it used to be in World of Warcraft that uh, if you were working up, let's say, through blacksmithing, you had to make a bunch of copper swords before you could make a bunch of silver swords before you could make a bunch of adamantine swords. You had to work your way up. So you had to buy a bunch and bunch and bunch of resources to, uh, you know, of each level to get up there. So that's why my low-level characters who were still gathering low-level herbs were making tons of money. Um, now you got this mine, it produces ores, and you can start off right away collecting the hardest ores or making the hardest whatever. Uh, it, you just have a less likelihood of getting something special out of it if your skill level's kind of low. And on one hand, that's awesome because I never did like the fact that if I you know, was making a new character or maybe I wanted to switch professions on an older character uh, that I had to go and work up through that 
through that food chain again. Fishing was the worst. I don't know how y'all did fishing. It drove me bananas trying to figure out which lake you had to fish in because each lake had specific level fish. And if you fished too low, you got no experience. And if you fished in a lake that was too high, you wouldn't catch anything. So you had to figure out which lake was your level or go look it up on a Wikipedia. Now, you can fish anywhere. You just, you'll just, you just won't get as many cool, awesome, random stuff until you get higher level. So, um... Yeah, so I'm sure the garrison has some impact on the uh, on the economy, and and Lord only knows Agramar isn't quite as uh, populated as it used to be when I go by and visit every once in a while. But yeah, it's because you know. But hey, I'm one of those guys who enjoys playing with my MMOs mostly in solo mode, which I know is a contradiction, but that's just that's just the way I like to mostly be there solo. But I like the chat that's going on, even if it's you know by a bunch of kids half the time, <laughs> and uh, and I like being able to hit the uh, instant group button and do a dungeon here and there with my with my warlock, or sometimes that'll be the quest I have anyways. So I got an in now with this guy who gives me quests, and half the time it's for dungeons. Um, and it's worth some good XP and gold and stuff. So it's really really cool. It's really got a lot of nice touches to it. Just a lot of attention to detail that that kind of draws you into that experience. They did a really really good job. And I've been playing it now. When did it come out? Like November-ish? So almost two months now. And, and I'm still still really enjoying it. It does have this uh, whole uh, – you, you guys might have talked about this already. I, I listen to your shows here and there, but I need to get caught up. But it does have that whole uh, – the garrison does feel like a Facebook game a little bit because you got buildings that produce stuff, and you can give them work orders to produce more stuff, but everything's yeah. on a real timer. Yeah, it is, it is Facebook style. It's just that you know, there's no microtransactions. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Farmville Facebook edition. Sorry, Farmville World of Warcraft edition. And and personally, I'm okay with that because I'm the guy who plays Clash of Clans, you know, so I'm I'm waiting 10 days now for my town hall to upgrade to 9, I think it is, so it's all good. Uh, 10 days would be in Clash of Clans, not in WoW. That's what I'm saying, yeah. The delay in Uh, WoW is like an hour. It's like they they knew how to make it not suck. (laughs) No, some of the quests I send my guys on take 10 hours. Yeah. uh, For that's like to get you good gear, you know? Yeah, good gear. And that's the cool thing. It's like you can send your followers out. We have this in... You can can gear your character without doing dungeons now. You can level and gear your character exactly without doing that. That's, that's absolutely right. Between sending your, you, you, you don't even have to play your character almost, which is kind of scary if you just waited long enough and did <laughs> enough quests, had your followers do enough quests. Uh, you're right. They they've got that. Did you all already talk about on a previous show about that whole random, uh, randomized upgrade of loop in the? Um, yeah, in no, the, it's uh, fantastic. You randomly get a else? quest reward um, upgraded to epic gear and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I got this epic cape the other day. Just to, you know, I was supposed to get a, a green or a blue, and I got a purple. That was great, just randomly. So no, no. First dungeon I did was pretty pretty awesome. No one yelled and screamed and cursed at each other. So I've heard. Uh, I, I listened to the instance, and uh, they were talking about how the LFR is is a is a wee too easy. How no one really got down below half health. Uh, but they're kind of coming to grips that basically LFR is for the casual people. And I'm like, yes, that you know, it's like spectator mode. They say so you can basically see that in-game content without actually being a hardcore player. And I'm like, yes, that that's that's me. I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm way too much. The timer requirements way lower now. Hmm. Than the last expansion. So yeah, I'm looking forward to actually being able to participate in uh, in raids for once and seeing some of those in-game cutscenes without resorting to YouTube. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's pretty pretty exciting stuff. I'm I'm enjoying it. You, you sounds like you're enjoying it too, Chris. Yep, sure am. What what's your favorite 
enhancement or change or you know characteristic that the expansion brings to the table? Uh, the garrison missions, because I'm doing them all the damn time. It's just... Yeah, I did a defense of the garrison uh, yesterday, and that that was pretty cool. No, no, I'm talking about just clicking to send my guys on missions for me. Okay, we can send them on But I'm playing without having to actually play. It's so sad, and yet, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm no, doing. It's... What's sad is when they return back from a mission, my character leveled up. <laughs> they brought you back XP. Woohoo! Oh, you actually leveled that way? I, I just happened to be close to a level up that's and they great. brought it home. Yeah. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, and now I've got on my Warlock, I've now got a couple of uh, 100, like three or four level 100 followers. So now they're getting quests for. Actually, one of them, there is a quest up there for a piece of level 100. I forget. I want to say it's like 645 or 620 or something like that. Uh, but it requires level 100 for my character, Affliction Spec. So that's pretty funny. Uh, they could, uh, but I haven't sent them out yet. Uh, it, it's kind of a low percentage chance, so I haven't really risked it yet. Nice. Yeah, I... I don't know. The garrison stuff, just managing the garrison has been fantastic. I've been enjoying the heck out of that. Um, while away, I have not been playing much other than the garrison stuff, So because I've been on my laptop, and I, and I don't enjoy doing dungeons on the laptop, so it's nice to have the garrison as a way to play WoW while I'm away from home and away from my proper computer with its mouse and all that. Um, so I really like having that addition and the ability to uh, to play uh, without all the all the stuff being perfect right as far as my environment goes so uh, yeah but could you imagine could you imagine the the brain explosion the nerdgasm that would happen if they could integrate management of your garrison your followers into the wow app yeah uh they should have the garrison stuff and they should have pet battles in the wow app oh pet battles too oh see i, I would get it that, i think they said that the garrison stuff will never be incorporated into the mobile app yeah uh-huh. and that stinks that's sad. But if they could get pet battles in there, that would make me a lot more interested in pet battles. I, I kind of did that for, like, I don't know, level 10. There is, a, there is a building that requires level 25 pets before you can even build because you have to kill things that require a high-level pet team. So, <laughs> How cute. Yeah, it, it annoys me that you know I don't have pet battles up to that level, so I've started trying to do it a little, and I, I really wish I could play it on my iPad. <laughs> I'll be yeah. honest, because then I'm like, oh, I could just play Hearthstone in bed. That's more fun than pet battles. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, I am a little bit on the whole. I wish I could, I, I could fly camp, um, or at least I could know that when I get done with you know the quest line or whatever. I understand why they're grounding people and with the the way this you know the quests are so well you know scripted and stuff i'm I'm sure that would have been really hard in some instances to get that to work with you know if flying was just off the leash but i'd like to know like with most expansions you knew that once you at least got to that level and you paid for it you could fly you know even if it was something like once you've cleared out the quest you could fly in that area or the expansion or whatever because i i I personally just really really enjoy flying i just feel like that's been part of my character I think the difference is um, compared to uh, I think the last three expansions was like back in Burning Crusade and I suppose to an extent Wrath of the Lich King. Um, now bear in mind I didn't actually really play that much during those expansions, but the way I understand it was they kind of incorporated flying elements into the quests that you did when you hit max level, 
uh, when you get to level 100 in Warlords of Draenor, all of the um, like content that you do at that level is all stuff where they still want people to be grounded. Does that make any sense? Yep. Okay. Well, yeah, and I, yeah, and it's it's totally you know it's totally understandable. The quest design is is you know yeah to get that. I, I can totally understand why you have to be grounded when going through uh, some of those quests, especially the, the the opening sequence is just going from one place to another. If you could just fly around, it just break the whole thing. I get that, sure. It's, uh, I was just kind of hoping that at some point they would announce, or because it's not announced yet or anything like that, that you know, yeah, once you hit one hundred, you can just kind of go and do your own thing, or what, or maybe once you clear the quest or something. You know? I, I don't know. I, I just don't see a reason to fly in this expansion. I but do. There's no need for it. I mean, oh, yes, it gets everywhere so quickly. And no. There's so many shortcuts <laughs> built into as rewards to, to different garrison buildings and to different professions. It's like, I, I, I don't need to fly. When the questing is running on all six cylinders, you're right. I don't really notice because no, I mean, I'm, as I, at Endgame, I don't need to fly either. I'm done with questing. Uh, I don't need to fly. There's no place I, I, I need I, to go to. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, when I was gathering, I'd fly around and gather herbs. That's much easier and faster than running around fighting every single monster every way, you know, to collect the herbs. I like being able to look from above and see down below. I'd love to see my garrison from up in the air. Ah. I love flying around Agramar. You can get the uh, you can get the stables, and that then you can gather herbs without dismounting from your ground mount. Yeah, we'll and, stop. And you uh, you get a twenty percent. Um, uh, ground speed bonus at level three, so you can you can kind of get that um, sort of. <laughs> yeah, get a little faster. There you go. And you faster, this... and you and you don't have to dismount. That's nice. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> there was a. I was doing a quest last night where the quest giver was way down the bottom of this cliff versus the quest that was way up on the cliff. It was like three minutes to run around and get up there. Whereas if I could fly, it would have been twenty seconds. And being a time sensitive person who only has so much time to play, it would have been nice just to to float up there, but. Um, I think for me, from a role-playing perspective, I understand you ha- to get well, these quality that, quests. I mean, your example stinks because it's part of the quest line, so it would be before you would be, have flying anyway. So you still wouldn't yeah. have been able to fly no, at that point. No, that's, <laughs> oh, right, that's true, but I'm just saying, once you're done with the main quest, it'd be nice. I understand, again, I understand there's a trade-off, right? To get this level of questing and scripting and stuff like that, you have to give it this It sounds up. like you want to be able to go clean up all the other things you have to do in the zones after you're done leveling to max level with flying as an added well, convenience to make right. it faster. Once, you've done the st- once I've done the storyline quest, I would like the other quests, whether they're daily quests, fetch quests, whatever. Well, the there aren't dailies, quests, though. <laughs> you know, well, I don't know that. I haven't gotten to that bar yet. Well, so. I mean, no, I mean, that's the thing, this expansion. They don't really do dailies. It's it's all handled differently this time. So Isn't it like dailies through your garrison? Um, there's like a daily dungeon. And, um, gosh, what else? Is there much else? Uh, uh, there, there's the dailies that you pick up from the map in the level three garrison town hall. There's well, no, that's in any garrison, but yes, there's there's the um, the the da- the daily for Apexus crystals, right? Is that what you mean? Oh uh, yeah, that was the one I was yeah, trying yeah, to. Yeah, so there, there's a couple things you can do once a day, but it's not like. It's not like uh, the last expansion where you need to go to a zone, pick up all 10 daily dailies quests, all the time. and grind rep with them. They, they, they've killed that entirely. Just everything works different now for rep and dailies and all that stuff. So Can't say that's a bad move. No, it's not. Uh, and I think that it, it, that's why I say that flying isn't as important because they've, just, they've constructed things in such a way where um, 
you don't need it for as many things or they're right. not putting things in front of you where, gosh, this is really annoying without flying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I applaud them for that. Absolutely. I just would like to know once I'm done with my quest, I can be able to, because to me, it was part of my, it was, like I said before, it was like, it's like part of my character. Kriegor has a story. I mean, oh, I could, okay. I, right. I could spend like a podcast just talking about, oh, you know, I've been dear. playing this character for 10 years. Oh, let's not and, do that. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm just saying <laughs> at one point he gained flying. Uh-huh. And and that's part of the experience. That's part of the way I enjoy playing World of Warcraft. Whether it's subjective or objective is irrelevant. It's a part. It's it's what a lot of players and it's a part of something that a lot of people enjoy. That part of the game is being able to fly around, feeling like, yeah, I'm a bad beep, you know, character, and I've got weapons. I look like I got lots of gear. And by the way, my I got I got mounts, and a lot of them fly. It looks kind of silly when I'm on my you know Chimera of Death or whatever. Having he's got these big ass wings, and when I hit the jump button, he just goes, Rrr! you know, because <laughs> he's stu- he's magically you know, stuck in the a ground. Chimera of Death should make a much more fearful cry than that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you clip his wings, that's what it's like. He's been that's emasculated. He oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's sad. So I sometimes, sometimes I'm on a big cliff and I just jump down while hitting the jump button just to see. And for a minute, I pretend I'm flying, (laughs) and then I hit the ground and die. So because I don't have that thing that lets you fall and not die, so that garrison buff. So yeah. Yeah, but anyways, it's not a big deal. I'm still enjoying the – no, no, you're right. I mean, I'm still enjoying the expansion, and for the most part, the quests are just one right after the other, and they're very logically lined up so you don't have to do you know, a lot of travel or anything like that. So it's not like I'm going, gosh, I'm wasting so much time running around. No, 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 no. I just I, – I do feel in my heart of hearts once I get through some of these quests and stuff like that. I'm just – the more more I get accomplished, and especially once I get done with the storyline quest, I'm really just going to start missing it. Sometimes I go to Agrimar and go back to the Old Town just to fly around for a bit. We is some- Somebody in a rainforest? I hear like a bird. Is somebody yeah, in a bird? The wife op- yeah, the wife opened up the uh, guest room door, so there's little oh. birds chirping in the distance. Aw, that's kind of cute. All right. Um, <laughs> I just was wondering if we got transported to the Amazon. So, Phil, you play older games usually. Are you playing any now? No. Oh, yeah, sorry. I had an accident over here. Uh, oh, give me a minute. I'll be, I'll be right back. Okay, bye. All right, Alex, what have you been playing? Uh, lots of Final Fantasy fourteen in the past week, anyway. Oh, <laughs> okay. We're, we're going to have a story for you later to talk about. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, the patch 2.5 stuff. We'll, oh, we'll, yes. We'll get into that oh, in a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, I'd like to talk about that, didn't I? Yeah. The, um, the Tokyo <laughs> event was just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, since I went to the fan festival, I got my Moogle suit. Oh god! In real life? No. In, oh. in, in, you went to one of the fan festivals okay. after the last one in the series, which was the Tokyo one. I thought maybe uh, they you're gave to be everyone the new who bought a ticket okay. a uh, Moogle outfit. A Moogle outfit. All their yeah. characters. They are, they are terrifying on certain characters. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> I think there's a Vega Dean. It basically looks like the most terrifying tank I've ever seen. <laughs> Just because he's wearing a Moogle outfit, it just looks... <laughs> Which is wrong, huh? Yeah. But yeah, I've basically decided to level up Ninja, so I've been doing that for most of the last week. I'm almost there. I've got five levels left now. Right. So yeah, that, that's eaten up a lot of time. Uh, before that, I played Seasons of the Wolf... For review, which was the follow-up to Lauren the Amazon Princess. That I think I reviewed what, a couple of months ago, I think. 
But it's sort of a visual novel RPG hybrid. Oh, who put that out? Uh, Winter Wolves. So okay. it's an indie company. Yeah, I, I haven't heard of that at all. Is it a good story? Uh, yeah, it's not quite as good as Lauren was, but just because it's, it's a lot more... The characters aren't quite as interesting. It's a lot more sort of... It's got a narrow focus, so at no point you saving the world like you were in Lauren, but... It was, it was it was fun. Not, so is I'm sorry. Is it a sequel or is it its own standalone? It, it's sort of a spin-off. So it's set up in the same world but somewhere else, and I think it's set like some time afterwards. But so where do you get these visual novel games? You can get Lord of and Princess on Steam now. I played this on Steam, but I had a beta code, so it will be on Steam uh, this month at some point. Apart from that, you can get it from the Winter Wolves official website. Winterwolves.com.org.net.com, I believe. Dot place. All right. Yeah, dot com. Dot net is a form, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's most. Of, that's my well, main PC and console stuff, apart from NHL 15, which I got back into a bit. Playing <laughs> as my Nashville Predators GM mode. <laughs> Nashville uh, Predators? N- Nashville Predators. Nashville Predators, okay. Yes. Hockey. Okay. Yeah. And wise I played a lot of a keeper's trip. Oh, uh-huh. On on Vita. Which was a lot more fun How than is I it? thought it would be. Oh, really? Yeah. You're enjoying it. Okay. Oh, I enjoyed it. I've finished it now, but... Uh, how yeah, long does yeah. that one take to play through? Um, I think it was about... 10, 12 hours for an individual route and then you can sort of do a new game plus and do the other routes afterwards and that'll take about three hours on new game plus if you sort of ignore all the side content. Okay. That's not bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be in terms of both the whole stripping mechanic and <laughs> actually being fun. <laughs> so... Alright, um, Alice, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I also recently stepped back into Final Fantasy XIV after taking a bit of a break myself. Uh, I finished the second part of Crystal Tower yesterday. I don't know what that means. Uh, it, Crystal Tower is the uh, the only 24-person um, raid currently in Final Fantasy XIV. Wow, all this time they based- still only have one raid, huh? Well, there's, 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 there's a difference between the raid, which is Crystal Tower... And um, the what could best be described as the hard progression tier content, which is eight person, uh, the eight person binding coil of Bahamut series. Um, you go and do that if you want, like the equivalent, like heroic raids. And I think that's eight eight person. But yeah, Crystal Tower is based on the se- the location from the same name in Final Fantasy three. Um, and steals a lot of its, uh, some of its plot elements and most of its bosses from there. And it's quite a lot of fun, actually, when you've got a competent team. We did the first part, Labyrinth of the Ancients, about uh, two months ago, I think. But we did that yeah, with a, so. we did that um, with a eight-man guild group. Or yeah, that was awesome. Group. That was pretty fun. I, so think, we might, of, I of, think we might have done the second at some point as well, so... 
Yeah, I wasn't but around I for the second there. one, so I had to uh, I had to do a pickup group. Uh, Before you ask and... the chat, I think we'd be happy to go back again at some point. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, when I did it yesterday, we we had zero wipes and we killed all of the bosses first time every time. So uh, I tried again today just because I wanted to go back for a little bit more loot, and we wiped to. Um, the second of the four bosses and the party split up. Which was the second one? I can't remember. Glissabolus? Uh, uh, oh, you're the just making up around words the edges. Glissabolus? I can't remember the name of the boss. Hang on. Glissabolus. It's like a mutant fashion design. I think. Glissabolus. Yeah, Oh, for goodness sake. Well, all of the bosses in the tower are named after bosses from Final Fantasy 3. So, um, Sayaka's Tower, which is the second part of it, has Scylla, uh, Glossaya Labalas, Amon, and Emperor Zande. <laughs> it's just... What, one of these is not like the others. <laughs> Emperor Zande. <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah... Uh, I, I say I only really kind of got back into it in the last couple of days or something because I've been taking a bit of a break from it myself. Um, as for other stuff that I've been doing, um, I have recently got back into EVE Online, of all things. Oh, um, I need to go in and beg you for ISK. Well, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> you can you can do that. Um I can I can give you some free torpedoes. Uh, just some bear torpedoes, in mind they will great. they will be armed. They will be armed. Yeah, I saw your tweet about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I, I'll repost the image in chat for for what I'm talking about. It's it's about if you're going to gank someone, at least be polite and professional about it. Um, so, so basically, they, they, <laughs> it was great. So what I did was um, previously in game I've generally been uh, like kind of either a solo mission runner or I've joined a few smaller corporations and mostly just been doing things like either group mission running or uh, low sec roaming that kind of thing. Um, what I've done this time is I've joined a, a corporation called Wingspan Delivery Services, which is run by um, there's a guy on YouTube who posts videos under the name Wingspan TT. Um, I actually didn't know about his videos, but one of his uh, delivery reports, which is similar to the uh, the one that I just posted in chat, uh, made its way onto the Eve subreddit, and that's where I learned about the corporation from there. They have a very professional-looking website, and I was like, eh, sounds fun, sign me up. And, um, yeah, so mostly what we do is deliver torpedoes to people, whether they want to or not. Yeah, <laughs> these are armed torpedoes being shot at their ships, but, you know... And then you'd get, post a nice delivery notice letting them know you delivered their torpedoes. Yep. Um, we So our, our kind of operation uh, thing now kind of goes for either low sec or um, we mostly operate now in wormhole space. Uh, now, if you haven't played even the last six years or four years or so, you probably don't know what that is. Are you familiar with it at all, Hold Chris? on. Is somebody drilling teeth in the room behind you or oh, something? Oh, I think that's uh, that would be my washing machine, you can hear. That's a washing machine? That's yes. a new one, is it? <laughs> that's the new yeah, one? that's my new one. What? Is it trying to drill to China? <laughs> no, it's just going at the moment. What? It's is it going next it, to your desk or something? I, this is it's a loud... It's over in the kitchen. Is it a lot louder than your old one, I presume? 
Uh, well, the old one had a um, had like a door or something closed, but the new one's too this big one for just... that. Oh, so you just have there's water everywhere then? No. Oh, he said you. I mean, no like door. A, an actual cabinet door as oh, well. Oh, okay. Up, so you used to hide kitchen. it in a cabinet. Now this one's giant. Yeah, this one goes a lot from bigger. your kitchen next to your your microphone. Well, no, the kitchen is over in the other part of the room, in the, well, from the lounge. Oh God, oh it's my gosh, up it's it's taking off. <laughs> it's it's going to fly to America. Hey, you should have heard what happened to the last one. I, did it fly to America? <laughs> well, no, but there was a monstrously loud bang at one point. Yeah. Well, that was it breaking. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't pick up on this quickly enough, so when it started up again, uh, it promptly flooded our kitchen. Oh, no! <laughs> but anyways, are you familiar with wormhole space at all? Wormhole what? Okay, so... Uh, oh, uh, in, in Eve? Are we in Eve? Yeah, we're in Eve I've here. heard of these. I don't know how to do them. Okay, so basically, when they revamped the scanning interface and the probe mechanics, um, you now find uh, wormholes. Now... These randomly appear in... I, I hear system. one appearing behind you right now. Yeah, that, that's one right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, the... Oh, God damn it, why did it have to start... <laughs> Never mind. This, this podcast would have had to have been delayed by about three hours if you wanted to wait until my washing was over. Is it really that loud? I mean, is it... Oh, no, it's, it, now it's funny. Um, so, yeah, tell it's me... It's actually tell me... sounding over my talking. No, it is not sounding over your talking, but you can oh, hear good. it. <laughs> but, yeah, so basically, um, uh, there's these randomly... Uh, they randomly appear in all systems, so you can find them in high sec, you can find them in low sec, you can find them in null sec, whatever. And they basically lead to a massive number of uh, uncharted wormhole systems, um, which all have very shiny things in them, they have their own classification ratings from 1 through 6, so class 1 systems generally have a very unthreatening um, NPCs in, and they have the kind of mining mine stuff that you'd find in, say, your average high-sec system or something. Um, but the yields and stuff from there are still a lot better than, say, stuff that you find in regular high-sec. So um, can I can I just jump on, put on a scanner, and start doing this, or do I need tons of skills? Do I need to go to crazy all you, threatening all systems? You need is the, all you need is the um, the skills required to fit a probe launcher, which is uh, astrometrics one and science three, which you can probably train in less oh, than I, eight I, hours. I have all those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what you actually do inside, you know, the skills that you require inside the wormhole is largely dependent on what you actually want to do. If you so want to, I want to go to the. I want to go to the Care Bear wormholes. So, so yeah, if you want to mine or something, then you'll need to scan down the um, find naturally appearing asteroid fields or scan down things like that, that you can actually scan down mining fields, which generally have better things in them. Mm -hmm. um, but of course you'd need the relevant skills for mining. And of course, uh, corporations like me prey on miners. Mm. Because oh. if there's one thing that you shouldn't do is take a venture into a wormhole and then go AFK. Because no, we'll find you and we'll deliver some torpedoes. <laughs> and so wormholes are not individually spawned. Um, well, the way that kind of works is wormhole systems have static wormhole. Like the uh, basically, a number of class one wormholes have um, static wormholes. Now the wormholes usually only last about a day or two, and then they collapse and reform elsewhere. Uh, most wormhole systems have something called a static 
so that um, when one wormhole collapses, uh, another one immediately reopens to the same classification of space. So if it has a high-sec static, uh, a, a, a collapsed wormhole will then um, open in another high-sec system. It might have a, a low-sec static, it might have a, a null-sec static, or it might even have a static to another class of wormhole systems, which means you can create these, these kind of like, you can chain all wormhole systems together. And I've seen um, places with like four or five wormholes in them. And it's possible to actually um, travel across the entire EVE, you know, something that would ordinarily take you something like, I don't know, 40 jumps across heavily camped Nullsec can be bypassed in one wormhole jump, basically. Okay. Um, so, but more recently, they've, they've, they're starting to, um, like, develop a little bit of lore around them, and they've added these things called shattered wormholes, which are a lot more dangerous, uh, and they also now lead to a central... There are some, uh, there's this kind of like a central wormhole system called Thera, um, which is, uh, only has wormhole entrances, um, is huge. It's the largest system I think they've ever actually put into the game. Um, but it also has N four NPC stations present in it as well, allowing a market to develop inside this kind of secretive wormhole space. Also, it's minus 1.0 security, so it's... It, um, a hive of scum, villainy, gate camps, and so on. So this, this, this. I'm sorry. You said the wormholes were not static, but or go away after a while. But this one doesn't. Um, there is works the same way as other wormhole systems in that. Um, I think it while it does have statics, the wormholes will collapse, reopen elsewhere. Oh, okay. So which system it opens out into is always changing and changes okay. on a day to day basis. Thera, I think, has something like fourteen wormholes or something that, or has space for fourteen wormholes or something. Okay. So at, at, the, at any one time, it could be linking to four high sex systems, four low sex systems, and eight wormholes. Yeah, you know, wormhole systems. So everyone kind of gathers there to blow each other up and go. Um, farm I hear wormholes, it's or? quite. I hear it's quite busy okay. because um, the market there it, it, it kind of functions as a null security trade hub because mm. most of the other trade hubs are all high sec. Mm -hmm. um, and it does mean that there are a lot of alliances and so on interested in controlling that space. It's very difficult space to control mm -hmm. because the system is so big. The stations are very spread out. There's lots of room for uh, like middle, you know, um, staging points in the middle of nowhere that are very difficult to scan down and track. It's it's an interesting place, and, and I haven't been there yet because I don't want to lose my delivery vehicle, which is a stealth bomber. So, uh, yeah, um, I actually uh, at the moment only have two successful deliveries to my name and I feel kind of bad about the second one, like so bad that I actually gave the guy back like 12 million-esque. Because, <laughs> I mean, if he legitimately was a new character, he'd only been around for two days. Ooh. Uh, but hopefully he'd learned a, a quick lesson. In you know, if he had 12 million-esque in two days, he's he's doing pretty well. And he's not um, a brand new player, Well, I mean, really. he was mining AFK in a venture in yeah. low security. He's not a two-day player. You're full. Um, no I was like, uh, I'll just blow him up. I mean, <laughs> the, the dickish thing I, I like. Just, I like your thought process there. Well, the the dickish thing may have been potting him afterwards, but... Um, oh, you, oh, that's... Oh, you're cruel. Uh, but yeah, no, otherwise, um, wormhole space makes for a... I, I generally, well, one of the major differences in wormhole space is wormhole has no local. 
I mean, one of the, the ubiquitous things in every other regular system in EVE is you can always see the other pilots that are around because their name appears in the local list, right? Mm -hmm. Wormhole space, your name only appears in the list if you talk in it. Ah. Um, which means that in wormhole space, it's possible to be there, and if you're in a stealth ship particularly, which means your ship doesn't show up on directional scan, um, it's quite possible to be present in a wormhole without anybody else knowing that you're there, which generally makes hunts a lot more interesting because you have a lot more... Uh, well, you, you have the element of surprise on your side. Um, and occasionally people do talk in local, although it's mostly along the lines of, I've lost my probing ship and can't find a wormhole out. Because if you don't have a wormhole out and you don't have any probes to scan down an exit, um, well, you're kind of stuffed. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. okay. Because if you can't scan an exit down, and say, for example, even if you've bookmarked the exit, and say the exit collapses... Um, yeah, your choices are beg in local and hope somebody else in there who isn't going to shoot you leads you to an exit. Um, or self-destruct. Those are pretty much your two options. I had to have a court member bail me out yesterday because I jumped into a system, forgot to bookmark the exit, and I forgot to bring probes. Oops. And yeah, I would have had... You know, if he hadn't plucked me out, uh, I'd have, in order to get out, I'd have either had to beg in local... And you know, begging in local sounds like an easy invitation to get shot at, or uh, blow my ship up. Huh. Well, Those if you are blow my your choices. ship up, then doesn't your pod just spawn right there, and you have the same? Yeah, issues? then you'd have to self-destruct your pod as oh. well, so you get uh, so you wake up back in your clone station. Oh, great! So yeah, um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Um, I haven't actually been playing. I haven't actually got. You know, I've only been playing it for like the last. I think I I, I re-signed my subscription back up on Christmas Eve, so I've only been playing for like six days or something, seven days. But pretty fun. It sounds like you're uh, having a blast. Yeah, uh, and well, sending blasts too. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, as for the other stuff I've been playing, um, I bought Tales of Hearts R on Vita, which I think is one of the only Tales games that I've bought in English. Uh, and yet I put a note the fact that all of the voice acting is still in Japanese anyway. Oh yeah, I uh, finished that over Christmas. Um, I impulse bought Freedom Wars, um, as I saw a post on NeoGAF saying it was very, very good, and I kind of passed over it originally. Yeah, and, Freedom Wars. Um, it is very good. Uh, I am pleasantly surprised. It is It is highly enjoyable. Uh, I, I, I think it... I don't know. I think it might have an effect more on people who come from England who are used to kind of the um, sort of CCTV nature of our cities. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fun. Has a good sense of humor about its you know future dystopia, and uh, I haven't actually got very far in it. So <laughs> I will have to uh, talk more about that when I've done more missions. I'm yeah, enjoying it the, so far. The excessive penalties do reduce a bit as you get go through the game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You will, be able, you will be able to talk to people at some point, don't we? Well, I bought most of I bought most of those uh, most of those um, uh, things as soon as I had access to them. Even above getting um, uh, like equipment requisitions and stuff. Um, and yeah, the last game I imported uh, Gundam Breakers Two. Now I think I mentioned the previous one quite a long time ago, and I didn't really get back much into it. It was um, 
Is this a fighting game? Uh, well, Gundam Breakers is actually more like um, Dynasty Warriors. So a little bit like oh. Dynasty Warriors Gundam, but actually. They, yeah, they've, they've got one of those. <laughs> um, but the difference is in Gundam Breakers 2 is you build your own units. Oh. Um, you basically create... Uh, you, you get given um, kit parts. So it's based on the, the, the Gumpler models. Um, and you get legs, torsos, arms, heads, backpacks, weapons, and so on. And you sort of mix and match and create your own, either a Gundam or something like a Zaku or something similar. And then you go and do Dynasty Warriors-style missions with it. So most of that one is kind of focused on its, like, char- effectively character creation, if you can call it that. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. I did actually finish all of that. Um, I didn't get very far in the first one because it was quite uh, impo- uh, unpolished, so to say. But it seems that they took a lot of uh, criticism on board and they made a much better game for the second one. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Um, and it's very enjoyable. Uh, get, you get to make... I mean, you get not only do you get to build your own Gundam, you can uh, paint it, you can put emblems on it, you can make it look cool, but you also get, um, like, uh, effectively... Um, if a part, if a if a Gundam part or a, a whatever part has um, additional weapons on it, you can equip those to your unit as well. So not only do you have like a sort of primary melee weapon and a primary ranged weapon, um, but you also have you can have like eight supplemental weapons because you happen to have a certain set of arms or legs equipped or something, which is pretty fun. Does painting does painting it red give it a boost? Unfortunately, not. Boo. Although you can give, if you'd have... What if I put, uh, like, I th- a little flame stripe on the side? Does that give me <laughs> more horsepower? <laughs> I think um, the uh, Char's uh, Zaku parts and the other units that he pilots do tend to have quite high speed stats on them, though. For obvious reasons. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. Cool. Phil, you had some things to finish up, right? Yeah, my my apologies. Uh, I dropped a cup of coffee on the carpet. Well, that's so. a bad place for coffee to be. Yeah, yeah, it does wondrous things to my lightly colored carpet, like making a big brown spot. So I had to clean that ASAP. So thank you for your patience and understanding and everything else. Yeah, I've been playing some, uh, still working through my RPG trek of the Dragon Quest series. I'm on Dragon Quest Six. And, uh, boy, is, is that game long in the tooth. Uh, boy, 40 hours in, and I, I swear I don't even have half the maps uh, uncovered. There's two maps, because there's, there's the real world, and then there's the dream world. And, and <clears throat> yeah, I remember playing uh, in Oblivion, there was one point where you jumped into a painting uh, as part of a quest, and you went to this, like, this, the world of this painting, and it looked so beautiful and gorgeous, like everything was pastel-colored. So you totally knew you were someplace completely different. But in, in Dragon Quest VI, the dream world, to me, looks pretty much... Like the real world, uh, there's just a few cities in different locations. Uh, the fact that you're floating on islands and floating on a ship—that's actually my telltale sign that I'm in the dream world. I get a little confused, uh, as you can tell. But uh, working my way through through that one, got a flying bed, which is really the only way to travel. Every time I get on an airplane, they're always like, "Hey, we want you to buckle up and enjoy the flight." I, I've never ever enjoyed a flight on an airplane. You're in a teeny tiny seat, usually surrounded by guys that are like, you know, 100 pounds heavier than I am, squishing me like a sardine. There's nothing to enjoy. I have to wait in line for the restroom. No, there's nothing to enjoy on a flight. But on a bed, you could sleep and fly at the same time. That would be awesome. 
it just did that. That sounds fun. If so you, if you pay enough on like international flights, you can do that. Oh, I, I know. Oh, I'm I'm fully aware. I'm just not made of money. Yeah, those, hmm, that probably is comfortable. Maybe until you hit some turbulence. Yeah, that'd be a rude way to get a, woken up from your little cat nap there on your plane. Huh. Anyway. <clears throat> Um, it's it's a Dragon Quest game. What else can you say? It's uh it's uh, it's a uh, it's definitely more about the uh, the sum of its parts rather than the overall go save the world storyline, which is pretty generic. And especially after like six of these things, it's there's some evil guy somewhere trying to take over the world. Some great evil, unspeakable evil. He whose name shall not be spoken. Good luck. Um, this one even seems weaker in attaching some of those dots together. It, it's more about going into the towns, finding out what's wrong with these people uh, or what their story is. And that's where the real humor and the fun uh, comes in. At one point, uh, there's this one one city I, I go into, and the king and queen have a problem. They, they got this prince, and it's the prince uh, – every time a prince becomes of age, uh, that's going to be a monarch one day. Uh, he needs to go and get the royal seal from the cave – of trials, uh, which is the way a lot of these RPGs begin with you as the hero. You have to go to some cave of trials and get some seal or some proof of your bravery. So that's the prince's job. The problem is he is not a hero. He's a complete uh, coward. Um, so uh, it's really pretty. It was, it was actually pretty cute because um, every time I tried to go and talk to him about this, he'd go and hide somewhere else. When I was finally able to pull him by the ear and drag him to the cave of trials, uh, he would uh, constantly find ways, even after seeing us destroy monsters and a couple of sub bosses on the way. He would still go and run away and find other play parts of the cave to go and hide in, uh, which is really great when you're playing hide-and-go-seek and you're triggering random encounters every five steps. That, that's awesome. Um, so it just it was funny. I was I was showing it to Shirley, and, and for those who don't know, Shirley and I decided a long long time ago that we we weren't going to have kids. We were just going to be a happy married couple who play video games. Because um, anyway, what's really funny is that I'm like showing this to Shirley. I said this bratty teenage kid keeps running away from me, and I said this. See, even the game is telling me the kids are irritating. So it was it was pretty funny. Um, reaffirming my life choices through role playing games is always a positive experience. So yeah, pretty 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 cute, very big, and uh, seem to be having to hit up an FAQ a little bit more often in Dragon Quest VI than I have all the previous ones for the most part. So, uh, and then uh, and then Mike Minky uh, went ahead and played uh, Seven, um, and uh, yeah, I hear the next one is going to be fun for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I kind of started a little bit on it because it's on the play. The only way to play it is on the PlayStation, and uh, my console time is is limited. So I figure I get a little bit of a, a head start on that. And uh, yeah, yeah. He he really, but he he has a little more time, I guess, on his console because he got through it in about a month or less. Man, that Mickey's a monster. He's a machine, uh, and he gave it a not so awesome review which you can see over at rpgamer.com and check out the thread because i think it got up to like 40 or 50 posts <laughs> not not everybody agreed with mike so it, it's pretty funny um yeah so we did that been playing some diabla diabla i call it diabla because it's it's a girl diabla espanol yeah, it's a girl. So, you know, we're just going to go – I mean, Diablo is Spanish for devil, so might as well do it right and, and do the gender A at the end. Have you still play Diablo any? Yeah. Yeah. So did you do a season one character? No. 
All right. So I, kinda, I did. A- I, I, I kind of took a big break. Uh, missed the whole first season. Started a little. I haven't been playing much lately. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's. I played a little bit because I want to do the season stuff, and I like what they've done. I just haven't put time into it because of World of Warcraft. Evil World of Warcraft. So I, I was, I was able to. It's still going on. I think it's got about. I think they just put on there. Aren't they on season two now? Down. Nope. Oh. It's, there's. If you go to, if you load up Battle.net, the splash screen says season one ending soon, and it doesn't even say exactly where that it, when that is. But I would anticipate that it's no less, no more, no more, no less, no less than thirty days, because uh, they did say before in a previous post that they would give everybody at least a month warning before closing out a season. So um, I saw the season one. There's still no specific date on that blog entry that I could find. Anyway, so uh, there's different things that go on with the seasons. You can compete with your friends to see who can hit these achievements faster or whatever. I don't really care about the competitive aspect of it. But one of the things uh, for in a season is if you get a character up to level 70, you unlock unlock a couple of transmogs, in this case a helmet and shoulder pads. So I had never leveled up a barbarian before. And there was a couple of days where they there's a couple of holidays and stuff where they had double XP and the such. So I kind of blasted through those. I love the again, we've probably talked about this before, but I love those randomized um, adventure modes and yeah. dungeon uh, caves and stuff. So when you're trying to grind out levels, the, those really really help uh, rather than playing story mode over and over again. Um and I got up to 70, and I have to say the helmet is definitely worth it. It's It's got these huge, like, I just pretend they're phoenix feathers, of course, but they have these huge feathers uh, going out the back of his helmet that you can easily see even when the camera is uh, all the way back. Uh, so he does look pretty, uh, pretty bad with them. Uh, and now if you don't get these, if you get a character up to level 70, you will unlock those transmogs. Uh, if you do not, uh, as long as you make it a season one character, you have to start over from level one. You have no access to your other character's gold or bank or anything. This is like you start the game over again. Um, and if you can get them up to 70, you'll get those transmogs. There's, if you don't get them up to 70 before the season ends, then, uh, those transmogs, those legendary, whatever they are, will be available through the normal loot tables it just might be a while before they roll up um so i like the fact that if i got a character to 70 it was pretty much yeah it was guaranteed you're gonna get these pretty cool transmogies so now well i need to go get a character up to 70 i guess um Right. Now, once the season ends, your 70 character will join the rest of your library in normal mode. Uh, any gold and any experience above 70, your Paragon experience points, will all combine with the rest of your account. So if you had already were up to 40 Paragon levels on your other characters, your season one character is up to 30. Uh, it won't come out to 70 because the experience points increase uh, requirement increases with each level, but you might be like 60. It'll, it'll all combine the gold. Uh, it'll mail all your items to you in the mailbox, from what I understand. So you don't lose anything at all by doing this. Um, you know, the only hit you take is at the beginning. Is if you already had maxed out level characters and you start over again at level one, you're you know you're gonna have to earn all those levels again. But thankfully, I did not have. So max I want to. Have they announced that they're doing anything different for season two? Not yet. I'm waiting. I, I've been waiting to see what they're. News is going to be what are they tweaking exactly in season two, specifically for for antisocial people like me who really don't care about achievements. So, uh, yeah, I'm waiting to see what they're going to come and do. All right, now you have uh, W three listed here. What does that mean? 
Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> cute little story here for those uh, people who enjoy pen and paper role-playing games. So, in the past, I ran Pathfinder Society here in Utah. And after I stepped down as the coordinator for, for that... Um, Pathfinder Society is basically their organized play for, for Pathfinder, the role-playing game. Um, I still did a couple of things. We, we, ran a, we ran a convention last January called TableCon. It was at the hotel I worked at, the Sheraton. We, had, we attracted about 50 pen and paper role players. We had a lot of tables running, mostly Pathfinder, but we had some Star Wars role-playing game going on, which, was, uh, which is pretty new, and people uh, really enjoy that game. Uh, we had somebody running a Star Trek table. We had a Savage Worlds. We had all kinds of pen and paper going on it was pretty fun we were giving away prizes and uh and food and it was two days of just being down in the it's down in the lower level of the hotel technically the basement level so it was in the middle of winter it was just great to get together with a bunch of guys and and do some good old-fashioned real role-playing um Unfortunately, you know, it is a lot of effort, and uh, and of course, when you get together that many nerds, you're going to run into a few people who are not exactly socially balanced. So it was a lot of stress on me and the uh, two friends I had that helped to organize it and, and put it all all together. So we had decided after that event that it wasn't really worth the, the trouble we had off on, but it just was too much. We weren't going to do that again. But a couple of months ago, one of my when we were on uh, we still play every week uh, using online using map tools and the such. And one of my friends said, "Well, what if we did it again, but it was just us? So we didn't have the, all the organization to put together. We didn't have all the drama. We just got together, but we still did everything like a convention. We got we got giveaway shirts. We've got the custom made dice, everything else. And we all thought it was a great idea. So." Almost a year, exactly a year later, on January 16th and the 17th, we're going to have W3. We call it W3 because each one of us has, uh, has Will in our names. I'm Phil oh, Willis. Nice. Yeah. David is David Willis. Uh, we're not related, just same last name. And then the uh, third guy is William uh, C. So uh, we all have Will in our names. <laughs> so we're calling it W3. Uh, I've already got the shirt. It's a very. It looks like a bowling shirt. It's it's a kind of an aqua blue with uh, black trimmings or whatever. And it's got a W three logo. They made up a logo and everything. It's snowflake on the back. It says so, uh, W three convention, Salt Lake City, Utah, twenty fifteen. You know, uh, they really went all out on this. I got the the dice in the other day. They're very bright. They're very blue. So I'll take some pictures. Upload them to my uh, Twitter feed, so you can see that over at uh, twitter.com forward slash JC Servant. Uh, once I get those up there, but uh, yeah, super stoked, super excited. Um, we'll be doing. Uh, we're running a uh, Reign of Winter. It's an adventure path story, which ironically enough is winter themed. The whole idea is uh, Baba Yaga uh, has been uh, kidnapped by the Winter Witch, one of her daughters that are in power right now in Irisen. So. Um, uh, we've been playing this now for over a year or so. We're we're about to hit book five, which is the most exciting book. This isn't really a big spoiler because it's right there on the front of the book. But uh, in book five, you actually they actually get to go to Earth uh, back in whenever Rasputin was in power in Russia uh, or was wandering around Russia doing whatever it was Rasputin did. Unless it was early 1900s, so the players will come across people with machine guns and and troops and and things like that. So, uh, of course, we've got special rules to to help handle that. Um, but right now, they got to finish up book four, where they'll get to face a very ferocious, ice-breathing uh, dragon. So, 
they're really excited about that. And uh, I think we're going to start up a second story soon, uh, Rise of the Drow, which is uh, written by a third party, not by Paizo. Um, and I don't know too much about that one other than the obvious that there's Drow and it's probably underground because that's where they like to hang out. So, yeah, good old-fashioned pen and paper role-playing. If you haven't tried it, try it. There's plenty of places you can play. Most local friendly game stores usually have some sort of weekly um, events going on with with Dungeons & Dragons or uh, Pathfinder or something like that. And if the only role-playing you've done is in video games, you're kind of missing out on some of the heritage and the unique uh, gameplay elements that only pen and paper can bring to the table, such as, you know, role-playing a character. So that's where the real fun comes in. So woot. Woot woot. You do any pen and paper, Chris? Yeah, uh, we have a weekly gaming group. We we play Numenera right now. Ooh, that's and, a game system, or yeah. is that the? Oh, huh, I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, it was kickstarted. Uh, it's really good, actually. Um, cool. Yeah, so we don't get so much into like Pathfinder and stuff, and kind of like the popular D and D. We just don't like the combat and a lot of those things. Um, actually, I I don't mind Pathfinder so much, but like D and D and stuff, we're not big on my group in particular. Oh, it's it's tough. No, it's, yeah. It's it's not something that, you know, Pathfinder, especially when you get a higher level pay, it's tough to throw out a new player. And I've, I've brought in new players to the fold. Uh, you definitely, it's a process. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of dice. Uh, we, we got some house rules to help out with some of the bookkeeping and the dice rolling and such, because now they're getting high level. I don't know. It's, yeah, well, I, I can't comment much on Pathfinder. I've, I've only played a, a couple of beginner games at conventions. But uh, as far as D&D, we just don't enjoy the combat. We don't think it's fun. Um, yeah. It's, well, it's, and, and Pathfinder is just a three and three. Uh, it's just an, a, a slight improvement or advancement on three point five. Yeah. It's often referred to as D and D three point seven five. So if you know D and D third edition, Pathfinder's not a huge uh, jump. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't think you guys are as feet heavy as D and D was with third. Oh, and, they actually, you actually get more feats in Pathfinder. Oh. That is one of the tweaks. So you got more feats, a lot of bookkeeping. We actually, in fact, uh, there's a program out there, Hero Lab, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm not sure I'd, I'd be playing Pathfinder if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, with Hero Lab, you, you know, it manages all the characters, the statistics and the attribute bonuses and all that. Oh, okay. But I can absolutely understand. No, it is. That's why I've looked into like Savage Worlds and the such. Savage Worlds is a fun little system. Yeah. And easy to apply to like anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Um, Numenera is a good system, too. Uh, it, that's fun combat, good background. Um, it takes place in the ninth world, which is to say, if this is the first world, and this is like rise and fall of civilizations on Earth. So it's billions of years in the future. Um, so, like, society has risen and fallen like eight times prior to what you're playing. And. Oh. Yeah, so it's a long time in the future. Days are now like 26 hours long because the rotation of the Earth has slowed. That's how far in the future you are. So <laughs> it's Dang. cool. And there's a lot about artifacts and discovering things from prior civilizations. And so, yeah, it, it's a good setting. Um, and they've got a new one called The Strange, which is like, um, I don't even remember the background for that. Anna, do you? No, I don't. Okay, so that's like same bit system a little bit different background so it might take place in the eighth world or something like that anyway uh so that's that's a good one and that's what we're doing right now um warhammer fantasy role play before not the most current version but the one before that is another one that my group really likes um but we, yeah we've talked about that before so uh are we done with what people have been playing because we got a podcast to finish here so let's see i think so all right cool uh, we we got some feedback uh, in the thread, but it was it was mostly.
people wanting like you, I think, to come on and talk about um you wanted to come on and complain about something, Phil, is what I remember. Uh, so I did. Sure. Yeah, uh let's see. Oh, I can't remember the thread. It didn't matter. I have a short term memory. Lots of things I complain about. I'm such a complainer. Bad Phil. Be more positive. Yeah. I think yeah. I scratched my monitor with this helicopter. <laughs> oh no. Smooth. No, I think I think it was Wheels who wanted to come back on and uh, say his bit about Tears of Tiara. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Tears of Tiara. Oh, that was Wheels. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just really distracted by all these scuff marks on my monitor. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, I, I watched, I've been, I watched another review of, because uh, t- I got that after, what was it, you, Alex, or somebody told me it was good? Yeah, it was me. Me and Wheels have the differing opinions. Right, right. So I listened to you, because as I mentioned on the RPG Backtrack, Wheels is just a Debbie Downer. And, uh, and because I, and I, I got it, and it was the last one at the time on Amazon, I think they got more in since then. So uh, it's sitting it's it's sitting on my desk, I just, you know, with everything else. I just wanted to grab it before, you know, went up in price or something if they didn't make enough of them. Um, and 30 bucks, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it's pretty affordable. So, uh, but I saw another review last night. I was going uh, about, uh, about it and it was a very favorable review as well. So now I feel very positive about my purchase and I think apps is just more of a Debbie Downer now. Isn't that kind of his MO? Mm, except for, uh, except for natural, natural doctrine, which just about everybody else seems to not like. And, but he loves so I need to spend some more time with it before I have a, a final opinion. But it, it's been it, – it definitely is – it's like <laughs> – hey, you can definitely see it be an inquired taste. My first – I must have died in like the second battle or third battle, and it was like game over. And I was about to get really ticked off uh, until it automatically reloaded, and it was just a few turns back. So is that, That's least, in Natural Doctrine? That's how that works? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. When you die, when you wipe out, apparently there's natural save points along the way or something. So at least I didn't have to do that completely. Unless you get auto saved into an unwinnable situation. Well, it, it seems to have like natural points where you would naturally be at a break in the combat. I think so far when when it rolled me back, I was not in immediate danger. I would like everyone yeah. to know. Yeah, it can't go too far back, and it just be that's a pain moving everyone back to. Uh, yeah, to yeah. The next bit, because that's, I, that's kind of the frustrating guys, thing. Guys, I have not. an important update. I'd like everyone to know the helicopter scuff marks are coming off with a cleaning pad, so my monitor is that okay. That thing reeks. Sorry. Ugh. All right, C- carry on now. Carry on. Natural uh, save points. <laughs> the uh, uh, boy, now I forgot. Oh, yeah. One of the irritating facts is that if the party's not in combat, you still have to move them one at a time, and you're still limited by what you can normally move in a turn, which is uh, only I think two squares. Yeah, so, that, that takes a while in the later bits. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see that becoming a, a bit of a frustrating factor. So I take it you you didn't like it. Is, or did you love it? No, I gave up and deleted it from my Vita at some point. Mm. I think Fair I was about maybe a third of the way through. But yeah, it didn't last long. Didn't last long. Well, if you got a third of the way through, you probably probably put a lot more time into it than I have. Uh, I had to write to him because I was I was getting my rear end uh, kick again. I need a little extra advice to figure something out. You know, I've it been re- playing I've been playing Disgaea three, and that game is mm-hmm. really fun. Oh, isn't it? Are you, yeah. What are you playing it on? 
Vita. Oh yeah, it's so great on the Vita. I just, I mean, having... you know, I had all those debates all the, back about should I play these on the PS on the PS3 or the Vita, uh-huh. and getting both two and three via PlayStation Plus for free, it's like yeah, the Vita's the way to go with this. It's just oh, so yeah. nice to be able to play it in bed and on the couch and when other things are on and just grind characters in Disgaea. It's great. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an absolute perfect match. It's yeah, right. Because I mean, boy, I was on the play now when I was playing at uh, three and four. It's just uh, app sent me four, and I had three from PSN. It was just oh my gosh, yeah. It is it is hard for me to go back. I got I got D two. I need to sit down and play it. But it's on the console. <laughs> like hmm. No, PSP I mean, version's better anyway. There's a PSP version of D2? Of Disgaea 2? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's how I played Disgaea 2. And it was free for PlayStation Plus for a while. Wait, wait, not Disgaea 2. The D- What's that other one called? The new one that just came out. D2. Oh, Disgaea D2. Okay. Disgaea that's D2. That's Disgaea D2. You can't just say D2. Disgaea D- D2. Yeah, that is only on the console right now. Yeah. 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 And that's- I don't know if they're going to port it. I bet they will because they've done every other one. Mm. Yeah, I think that'll probably be the next one. Um, and of course, five. We've got news stories on five, so we'll talk more about five. Um, speaking I've, of, I've... let's start the news. Oh, 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 oh! Anna has a special feature for us. That's right. It's the inaugural 2015 MMO in a minute. So Anna, you why don't you kick me? us off? Um, no, just go. No, no, no. You got to time me. Why do I got to time you? Because it's an MMO in a minute. All right. Hold on. Let me start my timer. All right. Ready? Go. World of Tanks lets you cash in your crappy gift cards for in-game premium currency. Must be US cards. Some exceptions reply. Check out worldoftanks.com for full list. Square Enix reveals their three MMOs have a total of one million subscribed um, combined. It's interesting that the statement is that they're profitable at that level. Poor Star Wars Online. Guild Wars 2 plans to reveal some big, big news during PAX South in a panel called Beyond the Point of No Return. So if you're going, let us know. Check out PAXSite.com for more info. The next Age of Wushu expansion, titled Transcendence, is going to be coming out January 14th. If you do play Age of Wushu, let us know what this expansion changes for you. Legend of Silk Road officially shut down on December 31st, and they informed players on December 24th. Merry Christmas, bitches. Wow. One of the reasons was developer difficulty. So I guess someone's going out of business. They also shut down all these associated media, social media channels, including their forums and YouTube. Should we expect the Heroes of Silk Road in six months? Maybe. Gifting was added to Marvel Heroes 2015. Good move or bad? You let us know. It's been pretty badly exploited in other uh, free-to-play MMOs. So I hope they're ready for the onslaught. Check out MarvelHeroes.com for more news. Ta-da! Onslaught. <laughs> Get that one. Get it. One minute and eleven, here. Anna. What was so what is what is this about onslaught? What? Onslaught. Ons, uh, I, I you know, uh if you're into Marvel comics uh in the such and you must be probably if you're playing that game. Uh Onslaught was the very massive villain. It was a combination of Magneto and the dark side of Professor Xavier. He ended up killing like ninety percent of the heroes. Wait, Dark Side is from DC. Yeah, Dark Side DC. Dark Side of. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, the dark side of Professor Xavier. It was Magneto. Because at one point, Xavier went in and uh, basically shut down uh, Magneto's mind or something like that. And that somehow left part of his dark. It was a dark decision that 
you know, Xavier had made. It left oh, part of that's me. so lame, but yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I felt like they I were made a dark shark. decision, so Chris, I left a piece this, of my mind behind. <laughs> Chris, this is where you just need to go, like, comic books and do jazz hands. Uh, you're right. You're right, because that's go on. totally comic books. Go on, do it. So I should, like, watch this. Uh, comic books! Okay. Yeah, there you Better? go. Better? All right. <laughs> <laughs> She's been waiting. Uh, um... I should. Is this like on Marvel Unlimited? I could read all this. Crap. I, oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, should we do the Final Fantasy 14 stuff first? Yeah, yeah, that's a nice uh, transition from. Yeah, okay. So I have a couple stories, but there's so much info about this thing. So Final Fantasy 14 is getting an expansion, but I think yeah, we talked we already, about we that. Already, we already knew about that. And then there's also a patch. Yeah, patch 2.5. It's and there's a ton of stuff. Yeah, the, the the patches, the the various upgrade, uh, like update patches for Final Fantasy fourteen do seem to introduce, at the very least, a new like, uh, some new story elements plus like say some side content like a new raid or a new dungeon or several new dungeons or whatever. Yeah, there's usually sort of one new dungeon, one new place or stuff like and that. Some so. And some storyline. So some yeah, new fights it's usually, as well. yeah, it's usually a story fight as well. Yeah. Yeah, but this one has more, right? So is anyone going to tell me what's in this patch? What what the, what's what's this, going on? This one has the the gold saucer. Yep. <laughs> that's all we care about is the golden saucers in it. I think that's the one that most people care about <laughs> yeah. because they've been teasing the gold saucer since forever. Um, it's patch two point five B uh, before the fall. I think the subtitle is. Uh, yeah, hang on. How can they have another fall? Yes, the the fall. world's already been blown up twice now or something. Come on. Um, so um, I think the gold saucer is probably going to tie into the Hildebrand stuff. Hildebrand yeah, being it, the um, the Inspector Clouseau of Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, yeah, it is the Mandeville gold saucer, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three new dungeons. Um, so there's well, like, uh, the Keeper of the Lake which I think will be the the plot one. And then there are yeah. two hard modes of existing dungeons, uh, the Wanderer's Palace and Amdapur Keep, which, funnily enough, are already level 50 dungeons, so what they're planning on doing with those better be difficult. Uh, uh, also, the Revenge of Dil- uh, Gilgamesh, uh, so he's coming back, and also the final part of uh, the Crystal Tower raids. Um, so having defeated Emperor Zand at the top of Crystal Tower in the, during the, I think it was the last patch, um, we now have to go into the World of Darkness to confront the Cloud of Darkness, which is basically the plot of Final Fantasy III. <laughs> which is, these towers in particular are heavily influenced by Final Fantasy III, you were saying, yeah. right? Yeah, and the final boss of Final Fantasy III is the Cloud of Darkness. Right. And that's going to be the final boss of that raid as well um they're probably going to introduce some new things for upgrading the zodiac weapons but to be honest that the some of the previous steps in that just make me go seriously square next didn't you learn anything from final fantasy 14 and not one 11 do it. uh yeah 11 yeah i've done the atma and now they I, learned I a lot from the first version else. of 14 <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The only downside these what the um, the, the 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 Zodiac weapons are designed for people who have a lot of free time. Have you finished all the rest of the content in this game? Which, by the way, with fourteen is possible. Um, <laughs> here's something to do. 
Yeah, basically, here's something to spend lots and lots and lots of time with. I know Lucifer, for example, quit 14 because he said, I, I've literally finished everything in that game right now. There's no reason for me to play it anymore. So it was, um, that's well, got to be a problem. Spent, he probably spent a lot of time with it. I haven't done any of Binding Coil. My weapon is only at like stage three of six or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't even done half of the dungeons that have been. I, I got a feeling he's, he might not be upgrading his weapon all the way when he says stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> Okay, so he hasn't done everything. Yeah, and I, I'm going to cut him slack if it's if it's like upgrading a weapon is your version of content. I don't know that I count that, but yeah. I was about but, to say, I mean, that, that would imply to me that you've done all the dungeons, yes. raids and yeah, yeah, all right. quests. All right. Well, we probably shouldn't debate about what Sean has or hasn't done in Fortnite. Um, That's not very interesting. The other so, thing <laughs> what is, else they um, the, well, they say there's going to be a patch five, 2.5 and a patch 2.51. Okay. Uh, patch 2.5 is coming out. Well, that's out right. The patch 20. is coming in two bits, right? Yeah. Patch, the patch 2.5 is coming uh, um, January 20th. Uh, patch 2.51, they say shortly thereafter, which is the bit that will include the gold saucer. So, and, and probably and, some bug fixes. And chocobo and racing, some bug right? Fixes. Oh, yeah. And chocobo racing is coming? Yeah, maybe. That's, that's part of the gold saucer. That's awesome. Oh, is it? Along with the triple triad card game, triple triad. Oh yeah, triple triads coming back. back. No more, no more needing the play online client for it. <laughs> so how's how's triple triad going to work? Can you play against other players? I assume so. They haven't revealed more than that apart from it exists. Let's see. <laughs> How can we obtain the triple triad cards? Playing against and defeating NPCs and exchanging the new currency in the gold saucer. You'll be able to earn rare drops from battle content. Um, so basically the other thing that happened was they there was another fan fest which happened in Tokyo just before Christmas which I mentioned earlier Um, they revealed the two other jobs what um, are they what are they what are they Okay, so the first one introduced and expanded on was Dark Knight which was going to be the tank that was the one we knew about Mm -hmm. and then the two new ones are um, Astrologian Astrologian something like that Astrologian, yeah. Astrologian, which is going to be a healer class. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's like uh, healing and buffing. And it yeah, looks and like they wield triple triad cards. Yeah, well, I, don't tar- think that's I think there's going to be tarot, tarot cards. Star right. uh, Star tarot cards. Yeah. Uh, Machinist, which is the new name for what was... Or for um, you Americans, the, Machinist. <laughs> uh, the rumored gunner class. Of which course. seems to be more of... Dude, it's like um, Sid. You're, you're Sid. Yeah, so kind of um, oh, with gun, a gun, not gunner with a crossed with yeah. like engineer sort of thing. Right. So not only do you have access to a ranged weapon, you can also use things like well, sort of what what appears to be like uh, drones or turrets. Well, I, I gotta say, the machinist has some re- really wicked looking armor in this in this screenshot. I don't know if this is like the stuff you have to grind to get, but it looks awesome. Uh, typically, when they've advertised classes previously, they usually advertise them in their um, uh, like the level fifty artifact gear, so the stuff that you quest for at the end of your character leveling yeah, track. It's what, yeah, it's what basically what you have when you reach level fifty, basically. Sweet. Yeah. Looks so the awesome. Dark Knight is wearing the like the Dark Knight uh, artifact equipment. You get like four parts of it at level forty-five, and then you get the final part at level fifty, sort of thing. 
And then they'll probably have shinier looking armor that you can get from endgame content. But the stuff that they've shown in the screenshots is probably also the stuff that's easily like easily obtainable. Okay. So in addition to all this, they've announced there's going to be a collector's edition for the expansion. Take my money, Square Enix. Um, it's got a giant box, and it looks like there's some sort of art book. Um, I don't have a lot of details here. I'm just. I think, I think, just, I think the important. Oh, there is a dragon. dragon in the box. Yeah, yeah, that was the that was the big thing. It's a big dragon statue. Yep. All right. Is this what dragon is this? Do we know this dragon from the game? Uh, it looks like it I might th- be one of the rideable dragons. Yeah, I think it's one of the mountable ones. Oh, okay. Not one of the ones you kill in a raid or anything? Oh, no. Let's see. And then the collector's edition content. Oh, here we go. You get the dragon mount figurine. You get an in-game flying griffin mount. You get in-game items, Dark Knight, Cecil-themed Baron Helm, wind-up cane, and a wind-up cane. (laughs) You get both of those. And then it says, okay, what are these? Uh, This tiny, tiny text. Hold on. Uh, More. (laughs) They haven't announced what else you're getting. (laughs) Those are the in-game things. So I bet there'll be a digital upgrade that you can buy if you don't need the statue and art book or whatever. I've posted the... Um, uh, there's a video um, for Gold Saucer-related stuff which shows off the interior along with... Um, it's Chocobo Racing! Fan- Does it have the Chocobo Racing? Uh, well, I don't know if it actually shows the... Um, does she... No, it doesn't show the race itself, but it does show the in- effectively the interior and what it's going to look like. But also, importantly, the music, which, oh, is, okay. a remix, which is a happy remix of the Final Fantasy VII Gold Thorsa theme. That's back. Get to listen to that for 17 hours. So in the Gold Saucer, do I get to breed Chocobos? Uh, well, there's already Chocobo breeding in, isn't there? Oh, okay. So can I start working on my Black Chocobo now so I can get Knights of the Round? Uh, well, they haven't put... I don't think they've strictly put Black Chocobos in yet, although you can mm-hmm. die. Black Chocobo is, is coming with Heaven Yeah, Sword. Black Chocobo is coming because they said that the first Chocobo that they wanted to introduce to the flying mount mechanic was a black one. Oh, you're going to be able to fly in the new expansion, huh? Yeah, okay. they're putting flying mounts in as well. All right. Well, there you go. Phil, if you can't fly in World of Warcraft, come back to 14. You can fly there. Yeah, I think yeah. that's funny. <laughs> what, <laughs> the the uh, Final Fantasy gods giveth and the WoW goddess taketh them away. Where's Knights of the Round? Are they adding Knights of the Round in some way? That's probably a comment some like to patch. <laughs> I, I don't really care that much. Haven't they been referenced at least once somewhere, or am I imagining that? You know, at this oh, point, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the entire Final Fantasy VII remake people want is just going to show up in 14. Well, some of it is. We've got the Gold Saucer already. Yeah, we've got Chocobo and Racing the, and Gold Saucer. Um, the ultimate weapon that appears in the game's storyline is directly based on the appearance of the same, the weapon of the same name in Final Fantasy VII. All we need is a fight against Sephiroth, and I think we're good enough, you know? Uh, well, yeah, Niall Vandanus was kind of the whole Sephiroth thing. Oh, so, perfect. Yeah, it already, they already do the whole Sephiroth Does he walk thing. into flames at some point? Yeah, but... he did that during the first game, Final Fantasy fourteen version 1. Per- oh, so I missed that. All right. Yeah, you missed that bit, but... Um, I mean, yeah. I think that's important. You got If you're going to kill a Sephiroth wannabe, he's got to walk away into flames somewhere, and then you're yeah. good to go. Yeah, they, they did that. Okay. I mean, hell, his whole thing was calling down a big rock that smashed into the planet. It's just oh, that he, time, it, oh, that was his of, fault. Okay. Yeah, it's, so it's he, this he time summoned the, ba- half, the dragon? He, yeah, he kind of half worked. Oh, all right. Unlike Sephiroth, who you stop. Mm-hmm. Oh, funny that. 
Okay, you can now get on with the rest of your news. I'll stop talking about football. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there, was, there was a new race as well. And oh, what's the, a new race? Oh, yeah, there's a new race as well. The, or, the, I think Outra. all the... AU space RA. Yeah. Were... I think they're sort of dragon people, basically. Yep. I'm still waiting to see how many people save up their flasks of Fantasia. What are so flasks of Fantasia? Uh, flasks of Fantasia character. allow you to change your appearance, but not only do they allow you to change your appearance, but also your character's uh, gender and race. Wow. So. And you don't have to pay $25 for this? Uh, you can pay. I think it's... I don't know how much it costs for one. It's not that expensive. Uh, but I also got two free ones as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, one for, one for owning the original Final Fantasy fourteen version 1, yeah, and I think they life. also gave one out as an apology. They did? Well, and yeah. one was like a 90-day reward. Oh, yeah. Because I have like two reward. or three of these things sitting around. Yeah, yeah. There's, one of them was a veteran reward. That was it. So it looks like the men have goat horns. Not really dragony horns, I would say, but whatever. They, they work. They work as dragon. They've horns also got just... like scaly tails. Oh, do they? So okay, I can't yeah, see them so in the like... picture. Yeah, they're, they're, they're hard to see. And, and then the girls, the art. And the girls yeah, are like, thin... okay, they've got horns going the other direction, and they've got kind of feathery tails. Kind yeah, of like... the, um, there, is an N- there is an Aura NPC who was introduced in the first of patch... So After. so, what's their story? Like, oh, we just discovered this new race. <laughs> uh, well, she comes from a she comes from a, another country that oh, got bombed okay. to crap by the empire. All right. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's get off of fourteen. Oh, I feel dirty. So many MMO, so many hours spent on MMO during this podcast. How are we doing? We haven't. All right, we're still recording. Haven't run out of space on the. Okay, we're good. All right. To the news! (laughs) Cosmic Star Heroine has finally been shown off as a playable form. So there was a uh, 30-minute gameplay video put up. We've got it up on the site. You can go check that out from December 15th. And uh, that had... uh, They had a live stream too, right, Anna? Yeah, I watched it. The video is their live stream. Oh, the video is the live stream. Okay, so you can go watch this video and check out Cosmic Star Heroine in action and see if you want to get more excited for that. It's still coming out sometime this year for PC, Mac, PS4, and Vita. Neptunia Rebirth uh, gets a limited edition, and it's... uh, Let's see. The limited edition is going to have a copy of Neptunia Rebirth 2, Sister's Generation, a desktop calendar, a soundtrack CD, a collector's box... And a reversible cover sheet. Mm. Um, this is this is a Vita game, right? So that's uh, oh, it's also being delayed in Europe. So there, great yeah, by one week. By one week. Oh, so that doesn't matter much. So North America, January twenty seventh. Europe, it's going to be the sixth of February or the eleventh if you wait for the digital release. Because that, yeah, whatever. Uh, Atelier Shali has a limited edition. Uh, they've announced that NIS America's got this up on their store, I think. Uh, you can pre-order it now, right? Uh, no? Yes? Maybe. Maybe not. You yeah, right. should be up to. I think so. Uh, so you get the game. So that's Unless good. Out. <laughs> uh, a full cover, hardcover, a full color hardcover art book. Um, you get a soundtrack CD, a poster, and a limited edition collector's box. I'm just stalling for time while I look up if the game's available on their store still. Shelly, 
limited edition, $65 pre-order right now. Yeah, they, they still got it. So, uh, also available in Europe. Oh, good. Can I WTF a little bit about the fact that the box is considered a feature? Um, yes. Okay, WTF. Okay. Otherwise, it's a nice box. (laughs) It's got a girl standing in a way that makes no damn sense on it, so that's important, right? You need to fill the inclusion list up somehow. I see. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Uh, Witcher Three revealed their playable character, Uh, Ciri, the descendant of a lost, long lost Elven blooded lineage. Uh, She's ashen haired. She's an ancient-haired girl from an ancient prophecy, uh, blah, 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 story, story, story. Anyway, so it's a girl. She's playable, um, uh, you know, alongside uh, Gerard. Way to let us know what's going down with Witcher, Chris. Blah, 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 story. (laughs) I don't want to spoil all the story elements. I don't like doing that. Okay. You know, it's like, oh, but how are the healer historians being hunted down by the titular wild? Forget that. There's a girl you can play her. That's the important part. Story will be revealed when you play the damn game the way you want it to be revealed. She does appear in the books. Oh, she's in the books? Okay. Yeah. For for what it's worth, Chris, I prefer to find those things out myself in the game as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. You can find out for yourself on May 19th, 2015 for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Assuming they finished it. Assuming they finished Yeah, they don't delay again. Uh, let's see. A- oh, English versions of the Final Fantasy 15 trailers came out over the break. So all they- the accents. All, all the accents. Yes. <laughs> there's many accents. Uh, I think there's like other versions of languages as well. But So you can see that long road trip um, with English and really weird voice acting, if you ask me. Um, and then they have another trailer that came out with other scenes as well as showing off the female Sid or Cindy. I don't know that we can agree on what her name is, but... Uh, we, we can't actually tell what she says. Oh, it's like, hi, I'm Sid. <laughs> it's like, it gets cut off. It's either Cindy, Cindy or Sydney. We're just not quite sure which. So you don't think it's Sid? <laughs> no, there's definitely a second syllable. There's a second syllable, so it must be Cindy. I'm Sydney. Sid, just say you're Sid. Who cares? All right. Anyway, she's effectively the female Sid of this game, and she's got grease on her face. So that's all you need to know. That's how you know you're Sid or the Sid character. You got grease marks on your face, right? Nobody cares. All right. Moving on. Uh, so watch all these videos. We've got them up on our site. Um, we got a, and they're on YouTube all over the place. So go check those out because the trailer's awesome. And I still can't wait for Final Fantasy XV, the road trip. And I hope you can stop in a McDonald's on the way. So that's all I got to say. Atelier Shelley, which we covered that. Lisa, L-I-S-A. That's some sort of indie RPG, apparently, for 10 bucks. It's on Steam. And we're just announcing that for you so you know that. And I don't know it's I don't know anything about Oh, it's a side scrolling RPG in a post apocalyptic wasteland. So yeah. In a post apocalyptic world. Be prepared that... to be amazed with a side scrolling RPG. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think Zach was playing, so there'll probably be a review at some point. At some point. Uh Ryan yes. Berta is also now available on Steam for fifteen bucks. And um that's a strategy RPG. So you can go check that out. That looks like it might come from Japan. So if you're interested... That's, yeah, it's a Japanese indie. 
Japanese indie game? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Boot Hill Heroes is now on Xbox 360, finally. Um, That was uh, released on PC earlier this year, as well as Vita. Um, It's now available on the Xbox Marketplace on the Xbox Live Indie Games. So you go check that out for five bucks. It's a good game, really good music. Um, I love the composer that makes that music. So uh, go check that out if you want kind of an Earthbound-style RPG with a Western theme. Uh, Brandish is delayed to 2015. Who knew anything about Brandish before this story? I did. Oh, what was it? It's some old game that got ported to PSP in like 2006, and now Exceed is putting it out. Oh. It's a marvelous game. So, so Exceed trying to get another Corpse Party, I guess. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of the story for Corpse Party, too. Like an old PC game that got ported to PSP. <laughs> all right, anyway. Um, they're owned by Marvelous. They're going to do all of Marvelous's games. All right, fine, fine. Seeing so. if they registered a Corpse Party domain. Ah, nice. So this is uh, Dark Revenant. Brandish the Dark Revenant is a remake of the PSP game, and it's been delayed to early 2015 if you've been waiting for it. It's kind of a, it looks like more of a visual novel-y thing. But I guess not. I don't know enough about it. I think it. it's, it's a, a dungeon crawl. Oh, it's a dungeon crawl. I'm sorry. No, good call. Dungeon crawly game. And it'll be... What's it going to be coming out on? Steam? Or are they actually going to... P- oh. PSP slash Vita. Cause it's, well, it'll be PSP digitally released. That's... Wow. Okay. They're really reaching back. Because that's a 2009 PSP release. Yeah. But they're going to release in 2015. Oh, I guess Konami's still making Yu-Gi-Oh games for PSP, so why can't these guys put up more? Yeah, I mean, the PSP was only, air quote, officially retired in Japan this year, even though it... Well, well they're just died. not making more PSPs, is all that means. Right, and so, I mean, there are still companies that are putting out PSP games when it makes sense to. All right, well, here's a game I want to have on Vita, Disgaea 5! NIS America has announced Disgaea 5 is going to come to North America and Europe in fall of 2015, um, and... Uh, we have some more info that there we've got squads and screenshots uh the main character is void dark i don't know what that means and let's see the squad system players pick a character to act as a squad's leader and provide other units as subordinates so this is like i'm seeing something like the clubs in the in uh, disgaea 3 it sounds like uh, everyone in the squad gets various buffs blah 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 Squads also have access to squad skills in which the entire squad attacks another squad. And um, I think there's more info on this guy of five, but I don't have it here. Um, was there more stuff that came out about this guy of five? That you guys yeah, I think remember? we posted some yesterday. Yesterday. Okay, way up here. So hold on. Um, I don't have that one, but I do have, uh, the one that, uh, NIS America, if you guys remember when Disgaea 5 was announced, there was this quote about how if Disgaea 5 doesn't do well, NIS might die as a company. Yeah, apparently they have rolled that back and said, oh, that was a mistranslation. You should ignore that. Yeah. And that wasn't NIS America. That was NIS in Japan. NIS America cleared it up. They're like, what he should have said is, um, if... The creator saying, hey, if this game doesn't do well, I need to, like... If the Disgaea 5 does not sell as planned, I, as a producer, might need to leave the Japanese gaming industry. So he was trying to do a self-deprecating humor type of joke, but uh, he, he didn't mean it in a serious sense. So that got translated as though it was serious. We see this stuff all the time. 
Um, I will laugh if this was actually, if this is a cover-up and it actually was a serious quote, but I don't think, I think it's more likely to have been a joke because what a dumb thing to say. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else we got? We got a story, yeah, here's the one you talked about that came up yesterday. Um, the item world now has, is back and will have the Chara world as it appears in Sky of Four. Um, rather place uh, okay so the char world will now play, play more like a board game with different boards for each species rather than being a multi-stage battle map um, they've got new classes they've got the sage which hits 10% harder for each target in its attack they've got the wrestler which can use a free throw action as long as they don't move during the turn um, ooh cool the hare which is a little furry thing that deals 30% more damage when at a higher elevation and the dragon pair is a two-headed dragon that can attack twice per turn when it doesn't move. Finally, the rider is a mounted demon that decreases physical attacks against it by 50%. So, uh, new uh, new character types for you in Disgaea 5. All right, uh, let's see. Back to where we were. Operation Abyss New Tokyo Legacy. NIS America has announced that game. Uh, it's coming out in North America and Europe in the spring of 2015. It's a dungeon crawl RPG set in near future Tokyo, where genetically engineered monsters threaten the populace, and portals have been... Okay, whatever. Uh, you you take control of the squad and kill things. So <laughs> it'll be retail and digital, and that's all I know. So uh, I think it's the same developer that made Demon Gaze. Oh, so is it? Okay. Poss- possibly similar to that, but I'm not sure. Yeah, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't Bye, know. Alice. Oh, see you later, Alice. Yeah, can't stick around, unfortunately. Go, go, go! Club that washing machine back into submission. Yeah, I'll go and do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Alex versus washing machine fight. The Awakened Fate Ultimatum has limited editions, and we've got the details for you from NAS America. So, Awakened Fate Ultimatum, three limited editions, three of them. They're really marketing this one here. Uh, let's see. You can. So the game is just sixty bucks. Wait, I'm confused. Hold on. Uh, no, that's that's the big. Oh, edition. I'm, I'm not used to this. This is backwards for me. Okay. <laughs> the 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 big limited edition is sixty bucks. It comes with a collector's box. Anna's favorite. <laughs> the game, a oh, full boy. a full cover hardcover a full color hardcover art book, a soundtrack angelic and devilish card sets and a double-sided fate coin if you want to save five bucks you get just the angelic limited edition or the devilish limited edition which has um all the stuff i just listed except it doesn't have the coin and it only has one of the card sets so you still get the soundtrack and stuff and it is a sequel to the guided fate paradox if you remember that one which i don't is that any good uh, Wheels liked it. Wheels liked it. Oh, no. Which... Uh, <laughs> That's a loaded yeah, statement. Even... That's a yeah. loaded statement. <laughs> How much is just the game? Do we know? For Guy of uh, Paradox? Hold on. Is Standard edition is thirty nine ninety nine. Wow. So is this that's a cheap. Vita game or something? Why is this so cheap? It's PS3, PS3. game. Hmm. So for, that's nice. I wish I knew I would like this game. I would pre-order this because that seems like a cool little set to have. Oh, look at those chibi characters running around in a dungeon in a style that indicates game I don't want. All right, so I'm going to go wait, read some reviews when this comes out. Oh, 
Hyper Devotion Noir. That's the new Hyper Dimension game, right? That's the tactical one. Oh, it's yeah. a strategy game, right. And this is uh, coming for Vita. And we have more details about the characters and systems. Uh, I won't spoil the characters for you, but it looks like... Uh, uh, what is going on here? Okay, so the one character, Lid, has a fighting game fan who wears a specific set of button inputs on her bangles. Oh, I thought that was part of how she controls. Okay. The other one, Lily Rank, has a system where using attacks near allies straightens the relationship between the two. Oh, Lily Rank is the name of that system. Okay, I'm catching up here, folks. Makes a return for the series. So, yeah, when you use attacks near other allies, it strengthens the relationship between them. And the stronger the relationship, the less it costs for abilities and the more effective those abilities are. And if you use those abilities enough, you could store up points and use them for special moves and transformations. And this is all in the tactical system. Our tactical setting, excuse me, you can go check the details out on our page. Uh, it, continuing the Neptunia move, or not moves, but news. Moves are what we were looking at while moves. we were driving across the country and pointing out the cows to Anna. Uh, <laughs> there's a North American moves. and European release of Neptunia U Action Unleashed. This is an action-based spinoff of the Neptunia games. And I don't know if it's going to be a RPG at all, but it's a spinoff of an RPG series. So yeah, there you go. It's a Vita game. So that'll be sometime in the spring. Uh, Criminal Girls has some media up that you can go check out. Um, just to remind you, that's coming out February third. I don't. This isn't really a story; just a media update. They got a trailer up too, so go check that out if you want to see the new trailer. We got some videos up. A Legend of Legacy. Wow, that's a new. That's a new nominee for worst title. Legend of Legacy. Ugh. The Legend of Legacy. The, excuse me, The Legend of Legacy. Yeah, You're right, that helps. It's very important that that Lee is there. That Lee does help, yeah. Um, you go check that out. That looks like a, what is that, 3DS game? Yeah, it thinks it's a sort of spiritual successor to Saga series. To what? The Saga series. Oh, the Saga capital series. Capital S, capital G. Mm-hmm. Didn't Square Enix, we have a story, Square Enix announced a new Saga game. Yeah, this is done by a different company, but it's I think it's got a lot of similarities too. So the screen it's just announced Imperial Saga, which is a new game for the Vita. And uh no, I take that back. No, it's Saga twenty fifteen. Which... They announced a new saga game for the Vita with no title. And they revealed a new browser game called Imperial Saga. Yeah. Because <laughs> you wanted to play Saga in the browser. Yeah. So Imperial Saga, the browser game, will release sometime in 2015. I don't know if it's going to be localized at all. Um, A browser game? Not really holding my breath on that one. (laughs) Oh, let's see. We have the uh, Liege Backer. Oh, wait, sorry. Liege. We have Liege. It was a Kickstarter game. If you were a backer, the alpha's out, so you can go check that out. Um, It's an RPG inspired by classic console RPGs. Um, Ooh, this looks pretty. I didn't back this, did I? No. Nope, I didn't. So you can go check that out if you are back or that. You can check out, and if you're at the alpha level or whatever that is, you can go check that out. Um, same thing with Soul Saga. If you back that, they've got beta and they've got a backer version available now for that, which is a PlayStation era inspired RPG with animated art styles and turn based combat. Uh, so check out Soul Saga. Let's see. Oh, the Neptunia games are coming to Steam. 
Neptunia Rebirth 1 and 2 will be on Steam sometime this year. And Fairy Fencer F will also be coming out sometime this year on Steam. So that you PC gamers can be, you can <clears throat> share in the enjoyment of these high quality JRPGs. That Idea Factory gamers. is known for <laughs> What's that? something. I don't know what they're known for. Yeah. Uh, Heaven's <laughs> Word. Oh, wait, we already talked about that. Uh, Etrian, Etrian Mystery Dungeon. You know, the upcoming uh, <laughs> combination of the Etrian series with the Mystery Dungeon series from Atlas has a trailer out, and this time the trailer is in English. So we finally have an English trailer for you to go check out. Come check it out on our site, and you can see uh, what the game looks like with English text now instead of just, you know, all those Japanese trailers that they had up for a couple weeks, right? So go check that out if you'd like to see what Etrian looks like in a Mystery Dungeon format. If you really like the Etrian art style but didn't like the battle system, maybe this will be better for you. Because, <laughs> you know, I maybe... Oh. <laughs> Double Survivor 2 Record Breaker. That's the upcoming remake of Double Survivor 2, this time for 3DS. Uh, wait, wasn't the first one for 3DS as well? No. Okay. So the first, first was one was, was DS. For 3DS. Second one was 3DS. And then there was a remake of the first for 3DS. And now there's a remake of the second for 3DS. Got it. Try not to be confused. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've got a, a title box or the box available now that you can see it. They've got a pre-order bonus, which comes with a soundtrack selection CD. And it's coming out sometime in the first half of 2015 in the U.S. Don't know when it's coming out in Europe. Sorry. Well, Atlas. it's Atlas, so, you know, it'll be 2017 <laughs> after they flop well. publishers three times. It, depend, it depends what Indonesia decides to pick up because they usually quite quick at picking up the Atlas ones at the moment. Well, yes, and then they'll charge you 50 pounds for it. What happened to Rising Sun? Didn't they used to pick up titles like this? Um, you mean Rising Star Games? Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh. Well, I think I mean Ghostlight. Oh, okay. Ghostlight did a few. Is Ghostlight still around? They're still around. I think they're focusing more on their own stuff and on PC at the moment. They have their own stuff? Yeah, they've got their own sort of in-house development who's doing Flame Over. Oh, great. Is that game? Is. Okay. Yeah. Never heard of that. Alright, God Eater 2! Rage Burst. Alex, are you looking forward to a new God Eater game? Uh, under the assumption it comes over here, yes. Okay. So it's coming over in... Well, let's see. It's set for release in Japan on February 19th. And we have no news of a localization, but we got a big creepy trailer with a big eyeball in it, apparently. Okay. Oh, all right, it turns into a normal trailer at some point. That, yeah, that was no choice oh, for these. More, more eyes. Yeah, more eyes. Okay, so you can see the. it doesn't really show off any gameplay in this trailer. Well, no, it's the opening great. animation. No, that's my favorite when we don't see gameplay. Um, all right. Uh, there's plenty uh, of gameplay around. <laughs> well, go look at gameplay for other games. You don't need it here. Oh, uh, Atelier Astrid. You heard about this, Anna? Um, it's part of the remake. Yeah, the new Atelier Rorona remake, right? Yeah. So, as part of the 3DS version, on top of the fact that there's different artwork and a slightly tweaked battle system. Well, what is the name of the 3DS game? Atelier Rorona. Uh, 
3DS, I think. 3DS, okay. Uh, No, it's got... uh, No, it's something really long because it won't fit on one line. We try and post more than one set of media for it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's it's new Atelier Verona, the origin story of the Alchemist of Orland. Really? Oh, there you go. That sounds right. Um, Well, so in this game, at some point, you get to unlock Atelier Astrid, which you get to see Astrid and Sterk when they were younger. Yes. And Anna, being a fangirl of the game series now. I like Sterkenberg. Yeah, and I'm sure you want to see more Astrid, too. (laughs) So she's going to go check all that out, I guess. Yeah, I'm definitely getting this. Yep. Because she's already replayed Rorona on Vita, right? No, I'd never played Rorona before. Oh, okay. So remember, I started with Totary. Oh, I can't even keep up. So I went back and played Rorona on Vita. The problem was is I stopped playing Rorona on Vita. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I'm probably going to have to restart. And then you get to play it again on 3DS. Yay! (laughs) All right. Barrel. Barrel. All right. <laughs> I pre- <laughs> Let's see, we already covered that. Uh, if you have Curtain Call for Theater Rhythm, or a Theater Rhythm Curtain Call, rather, you're going to get Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana tracks coming to it. Mm-hmm. Anyone? No? Yeah. No one's excited? All right. Well, th- they're coming. And uh, as Not well as those, Final Fantasy for the other ones. Huh? Not for those, but I am for the, the other list. The other list? What's the other list? Where's the other list? It's like uh, right next to it on the... <laughs> I do. I know. I know. I just can't find it. Uh, Chrono Trigger. Chrono, oh, yeah. More Chrono Trigger and Bravely Default music. There you go. And uh, yeah, a lot of Bravely Default and a Romancing Saga song. And uh, a little bit more Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana. So, and the Type Zero theme song. And a Type Zero song. Yep. Call. Yeah, that's the Final Fantasy Chicken theme song. Yeah, so you can go check out all this, and so you, I, you could go download it for I'm sure way too much money. Oh, each track is a dollar. Great, just great. <laughs> just collect them all at a dollar a piece. It's it's nothing. It's <laughs> nothing, Anna. Uh, all right, what else we got here? We have uh, oh, Legend Heroes Trails in the Sky Evolution has been announced for Vita. It's a fully voiced port of the game with high-res graphics, tweaks to facial expressions, redone movies, new illustrations, fully rearranged music, and other improvements. Released sometime in 2015. No news about a localization. Yeah, right? good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, I mean, hey, it's come over. Now, Trails in the Sky has come over on Steam. Maybe someone will do it. I don't know. Whatever. They're having trouble getting their other tits games out. We're finally getting Trails in the Sky 2, though, right? Um, yes. There were some issues with that. Yeah, Carpe Fulgar was localizing it. Yeah. And the guy who, um, like, owns and runs Carpe Fulgar had some severe depression issues. Oh, no. So that seriously delayed the work on the game. Yikes. Let's go help him out. All right. Well, that brought everything down. Thanks, Anna. Sorry. That's all right. So I'm going to put it on you to fix things. Tell us about Harvest Moon DLC. Um. So, yeah. Uh, we originally announced Harvest Moon in the Lost Valley was going to have DLC at E3. And I did. So I do a monthly column for Natsume called The State of the Farm. 
<laughs> dorkiest name ever. And um, among other things, I sort of wrap up what's happened in the past month and then talk about the things that are coming up. So I announced that there's going to be DLC for Harvest Moon The Lost Valley. So there's one coming out in January, one coming out in February, one coming out in March, one coming out in April. Hopefully. Okay. So, How much are they going to cost? Some of them are free and some of them are paid. Oh. Do you know which yet? <laughs> okay. She's not answering. <laughs> oh, not exclusive. <laughs> no exclusive for us, apparently. I guess they're going to wait and announce it when the DLCs come out? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, if Surprise! You, have... you got to pay for this one. <laughs> <laughs> if you have Harvest Moon the Lost Valley, you should definitely build the dresser. Build a dresser? Yes. Okay. Build a dresser. There's your, er, sorry. there's your clue. Build the wardrobe. Oh, build the wardrobe. Yeah. Build the wardrobe if you have the Lost Valley and you're still playing it. Um, also, make friends with Catherine. Really? Yep. Okay. Make friends with Catherine. That, that's related to the DLC somehow? Yep. Okay. Always good to have DLC that has in-game requirements before you can make use of... Yeah. yeah. That's how it works for most DLC, Chris. Uh... Not in a game where they have optional relationships. Here, you bought this DLC. Now you have to go level up this relationship with this one person oh, before no. you can see it's it. Oh, no. It's like you have to... Uh, it requires like 2% chemistry, guys. Okay. All right. 2% If, if you have done any portion of the main story, you will have enough chemistry. Okay. So play the game. Yeah. And you'll be ready for the DLC. Yes. Got it. All right. Time for reviews, folks. Alex, you reviewed Tears to Tiara 2. Tears, Tears to Tiara 2, right? Oh, yes, my second opinion. Your second opinion. You gave it a three and a half out of five. And yep. that was higher or lower than the other review? The other one was wheel, so it was higher. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That says a lot. This, this was the response to the wheels' review. The wheels hated it and you didn't. Uh, we, It was different just on one major aspect, which was the story. Mm. So on terms of the game plans and things like that, we were pretty much in line it's just he really hated the story and i really liked it <laughs> so if i need to play a tactical rpg i should still just play disgaea instead it sounds like yeah it depends what you want from tactical rpg okay if you, if you just want if you just want the gameplay then sure but if i want story i should enjoy this well, if you want sort of a deeper story it's yeah okay. basically i like the graphical look it looks nice well, in the screenshots, at least. Later when there's I thought there. you'd hate that chibi look. No, I'm okay with this chibi look. Oh, okay. The chibi look that I was talking about earlier is, um, they look like figurines. It's just, it, <sighs> yeah. It's like playing with Funko Pop figures on the screen, which, uh, nah, no thanks. Um, let's see. Okay, we got a review up of Adventure Time, Secret of the Nameless Kingdom. <sighs> Sam gives a review of that. You go check it out. Three out of five. Uh, Tales of Aravorn, Seasons of the Wolf. Alex, you reviewed this. What the heck is yeah, Tales is of the, Aravorn? Yeah, it's the Robin spin-off. Oh, oh right, you were talking about. Okay, all right, all right, yeah. all, right all right. Sorry. Now that I can see it's written, it sounds different than what I heard you say because of your accent, oh, I, and I'm an American. I didn't say the Tales of Aravorn bit. Oh, okay. Everybody's in a hot tub in this picture. I don't know why. <laughs> well, that, that's that's you my do the favorite part stuff. of the review. Your aura is different. You all share a common ancestor, a magical being, though I'm not yet certain of which species. Great. I don't know what's going on. 
but you get I to don't bang know. your sister? I uh, let's move on. No, you don't. <laughs> Dragon Warrior Seven gets a retro review by Mike Menke. He hates it. He panned it completely. Well, it's okay. That's what you're supposed to do, with Dragon Warrior Seven. I remember. Correct. Oh. I mean, here's the thing that sucks is it's like Dragon Quest Seven could have been better. Not only because the pacing was arse, but because the translation well, yeah, was never completed. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked about this before. Yes. We sent it over, and before they could implement it, the company in charge of that, like, shut down. Yeah. <laughs> so. There were, like, six reversions that never made it into the game. Yeah, so Michael Tidwell worked on that. So did <laughs> so he could tell um, you Doug all about Hill. It. Yeah, they could tell you all about it. Uh, let's see. Fantasy Life has a review up where it gets a three out of five by Cassandra Ramos. Really? That's it? That's it. Wow. I figured she'd like it far more than that. Well, I don't know. It depends what she did with it, right? Mm, the main plot feels tacked on, she says. Different lives play too similarly. Those are her negatives. Interesting premise, addictive gameplay, and quirky and charming characters are her positives. All right. And then finally, we got the new releases coming up to you. New releases for January 1st through 7th on this article here. So PlayStation 3 gets... Duke Nukem 3 Megaton Edition, 10 bucks on PSN, free if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Oh, we got to get that. Yeah, sure we do. <laughs> Balls of steel. On the Vita, Whoa Dave is free. Whoa. That's awesome. If you're PlayStation Plus, 5 bucks if you're not. Um, I'm going to pick that up. And 99 cents on 3DS. What? And 99 cents on 3DS. When did that price drop happen? Um, Christmas. I didn't know that. Oh. I gotta go get it on 3DS, too. I like Woe Dave. Um, Wii U, Pokemon Pinball, Ruby and Sapphire. This is the GBA game, right? Yep. Um, it's listed as eShop. It should be like Virtual Console. Seven ninety nine. 3DS has Bionic Commando Elite Forces on the eShop. For Otherwise fi- known as the game that isn't Yumi's Odd Odyssey, but plays just like it. Really? Yeah. Okay, five ninety nine. Same developer or something? No. Um... Oh. They might share some similar staff, but they play like if you liked uh, Yumi's Odd Odyssey, you would like Bionic Commando and vice versa. If you haven't heard of Yumi's Odd Odyssey before and wondering why Anna knows anything about it, it's a Natsume game. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, On the PC, you get Castle, Dungeon of Gain for $12.99. Castle didn't have a price. Doctor Green for three bucks. Fake Colors for twenty bucks. Project Aura to unknown bucks. Shadows of War for seven dollars and nineteen cents. The Depths of Tolagal unknown bucks. The Ingenious Machine new and improved edition for two dollars and fifty four cents. The Race for the White House thirteen dollars and forty nine cents. Vintage Year four forty nine. Warhammer Quest awesome game on iOS. Highly recommend this game. Uh, it says to be announced. I'm going to see if it's announced now. Warhammer Quest. Is that out? Because I got it. $11.99. Totally worth it. Hopefully it comes with all the... Yeah. So there was DLC, like, in-app purchases on the iOS version. I bet it's all included here. Um, what What kind of game is it? Uh, it's... It is... Uh, it's a dungeon crawl. Um, it's adapted from an old board game uh, that's kind of like a Hero Quest style game where you would do a dungeon crawl on a board game. Um, but this, so it's got randomly generated dungeons and encounters and stuff, but you go through and you, uh, how do I explain Warhammer quest, Anna? So you pick your party of characters, like four characters, and you go ahead and, uh, you, you get, choose the class for them. 
um, when you're picking them. So you're picking classes more than characters. Uh, so you got your so you picked your four classes that makes up your party, and you can add more and readjust your party later if you want. Uh, and then you um, you start taking quests. So you go to a, a city, and a bunch of story will unfold. Like through the through text box will come up and tell you the story. It's like okay, you need to go help this guy recover this thing. So go to the dungeon. So then you go to the dungeon, and it turns kind of a turn based tactical. Um, combat system inside the dungeon as you go through your, your exploring and um, you get to pick you know you have movement stats you got attack stats you got defense stats so it feels very much like a tabletop um, battle system um, and it's really enjoyable I love the the presentation because it, it feels like uh, the board game is brought to life essentially and you get to uh, you know, uh, level up your characters, get new experience, buy better equipment for them, which makes those tabletop battles um, easier. So I, I say it's uh, like a pen and paper battle system, but it, I guess m- actually it's more accurately like a tabletop combat battle system where you have like simplified, here's my tax stat, my range stat, my um, my hit points, and then you kind of, the game takes care of the rolls as you attack other people. And you can misses and have crits and stuff like that. Um it's yeah. You know, it's very much turn based um, and very tactical and strategy and very fun. Um, full highly recommended iOS by me. And um, if it's on Steam now, I would recommend it here. Yeah. So you got the it, it's uh, Warhammer Quest twenty percent off brings it to twelve dollars. And there's a Warhammer Quest Deluxe which I, is twenty four dollars. What's in the deluxe version? The is the standard question. edition includes four heroes, three game areas, and a special vampires and zombies tile set and enemy pack. There are additional in-game options to buy up to seven more heroes, five extra weapons, and a skeleton necromancer enemy pack. The Warhammer Quest Deluxe Pack includes all of these extras. Ah, okay. Now, taking a look at the uh, the iOS version here, it's $5 for the uh, base game, but a lot of that other stuff just mentioned is extra... Um is is extra purchases uh, like yeah. the races are like two ninety nine each. There's uh, something called skeletons, or probably this thing that's mentioned here for like four ninety nine more. So and there's I two think- the the big ones. The big DLCs for the iOS are the expansion areas. So you definitely want those on the iOS iOS version. And then the races are like if you want to add another class in because you want to shake things up, you're not happy with one of your character types, then you might pick those up. Otherwise, you don't need them. Ah, uh, it, it looks like uh, it, it just. I, I, I'm going to presume for just a moment that the Steam version includes everything that's available through the iOS version. Uh, if I add up all of these, it comes up to about thirty-five dollars with the five-dollar base game. So about forty bucks if you were to buy the iOS version with everything in it. Yeah. Looks like twenty-four bucks for the Quest Deluxe version on Steam. So that might be the way to go if you're. Yeah, probably the way to go unless you wait for sales on the iOS content, which they do run from time to time. Um, but. I don't know if they're going to keep running them now at this point, now that they've got a Steam version to focus on. Um, or wait for next Thanksgiving and get it on Steam sale for $3. Uh, that's a good point. It'll probably come out on Steam sale at some point. Um, huh. well, I'm already you know, heavily I, invested in the iOS version, so I'm just going to finish playing it there. But that's well, great I'm, that it's out here. I'm really glad that you recommended that, Chris. I saw it. I, I saw it pop up, and my first impression was these guys are kind of ripping off the Warhammer license somehow. Well, it is the Warhammer license. It is the Warhammer. Okay, because the, the logo didn't look quite exactly like the no, Warhammer. No, 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 they're legit. They, they're fully oh, they're licensed legit. to make this, yeah. 
Yeah, so I was looking it over, and it, it said a few people gave it positive reviews or something. I don't remember. I didn't see a whole lot on it, so I was like, uh, ignore. But now that you've told me, I do like board game slash RPG hybrids. That's a lot of times when people come over to my house, and you want to show them uh, a, a pen and paper type of RPG, but you don't want to get into something that deep. You bring out something like Redemption or one of the pen and paper uh, deals, because sometimes you just want something that's not quite so deep. Yeah, but still gives you that flavor of dungeon crawling, turn based. So this looks. Uh, so now that you've put this into context, this looks uh, much more tempting. I'll either buy it now or I'll uh, hold off for one of them Steam sales. Sweet. Oh man! All right. So Warhammer. Oh, and there's one other game to round out this post. Um, it was. Oh, did I? No, I'm in the wrong browser. Wolf Wars on Steam. It's early access, three dollars forty nine cents. So that's your new. One, huh? There was one RPG release in Europe this week. Ooh, what was it? And that was Five Ms and Sacred Stones is now on the Wii U eShop. Oh right, I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't link that story because it was all European stuff. But I should have. Yeah, um, and, and there's only like one thing of interest. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Fire Emblem, Sacred Stones. Get your Sacred Stones. Okay, with that, folks, it's time to talk about what we're going to be playing for the next week. And I am probably going to keep playing this guy 3 in Fantasy Life, I'll be honest with you. Um, and I don't anticipate much deviation from that schedule. Phil, what will you be playing this week? Uh, more WoW, uh, more Diablo, uh, more Wii. Uh, so if any of y'all want to get together and do any of that, because all of that's pretty... Smash Bros. Smash Hello. Bros. I got Mario Kart 8. Oh, I Huh? Yeah, do another RPG cart. Wait, what's RPG cart? <laughs> that's where people from RPG Gamer play Mario Kart. Oh, that's pretty simple. I should yeah. do, we should do that. It, it, we didn't put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> we didn't put a lot of thought into it. Also, on a completely not RPG-related uh, note, I do have a design contest going on. If you go over to uh, my Twitter feed, it's right at the top there, or you can go to my blog at jcservant.wordpress.com forward slash contest. I do a webcomic called Wildlife, or I did years ago. I'm bringing it back with the help of some friends and uh, to go into a second season. So part of that process is we are redesigning the uh, the outfit of the main character, so if you head over there, all the details for that contest are there. It's If you know anything about graphic editing, you got any of those programs, it's really easy to just download the uh, the design template and then draw your design on top of that and then email it back to me. And you could win a $50 Amazon gift card. Nice. Because everybody likes gift cards. So where do people go for the details on that again? So you can get that details at jcservant.wordpress.com forward slash contest. And they're designing for... Uh, the yeah. outfit. So Wildlight yeah. is, uh, is a super superhero in. So, uh, uh, and you, there's links to... Uh, you can see the uh, for There's a link to the... Um, uh, there's a link with the uh, first uh, season outfit and everything. So you can kind of see what it looked like before. There's some samples at the bottom. I'll uh, I'll link it here in the chat as well, or at least in Skype, and y'all can link it to whatever chat. Beep, boop. I think that did right there. We go. So there's examples of what her outfit has looked like in the past. So we're looking uh, we're looking to kind of redo that a bit for the second season. We're got a got a number of people helping out with this. Nice. Um. Yeah, you know what? We like giveaways, don't we, Chris? Remember, remember when we had that that infamous, now infamous tropical 
for everybody. Uh, tropical four. Everyone gets tropical four. That was awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm out of tropical copies, oh. but we need to give but... away the podcast box of crap. Mm-hmm. A podcast box of crap. No, no. It's we have actually been gathering this box of stuff that's all video game related from conventions. And it's stuff that's cool, so you don't want to throw it away. But we have no good way of displaying it, or it's games we're not particularly interested in. So we've been just been gathering it into a giant box, and we're just gonna give it away at some point on the podcast. There you go. Well, I tell you what, uh, I'll give away something right here, right now. I'm gonna give away the very excellent Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. Whoa. Love that game. Love it. And I happen to have an extra copy right here in my gift account. And I will give it to the first person who shoots me off uh, Twitter, Tweety, whatever it's called, uh, with the message, Chris is awesome. Because Chris is awesome. I fully endorse this contest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then I'll ask you for your email address so I can uh, <clears throat> email that to you through Steam. So uh, in case you don't know, my Twitter handle is at jcservant. Pretty you, much manipulating like the social medias. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> Clash of Heroes. It's, if you haven't played it, super, super fun. It looks really nice on the computer, too. Nice. All righty. Um, Anna, what will you be playing this week? Fantasy Life. Just Fantasy Life, yeah. Big yeah you, you've just about convinced me to pick that. We're going out shopping day. I might just uh, surprise stop at uh, EB Games. She's, she'll, she'll, she'll probably think I'm going in to get something for myself and uh, get that for her. Hmm. Uh, Alex, what are you playing this week? Oh, we're doing more Final Fantasy fourteen, so I can finish off my ninja leveling. Ninja. Ninja. Yep. Rap. Uh, and I'll try and play some more Persona Q. So I can decide whether or not to help it in the awards or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When are we starting rewards awards voting? We are currently f- filling in any gaps in the list. So okay. That'll be that'll probably be in the next week or so. Sweet. We have to schedule a 2014 and game yes, of the year. we got to do that soon. Um, within a couple of weeks, March, two three usually. weeks. No, no, we're not going to do March. Um, but I do need I need Mac to have all the end game of the year stuff compiled because I use those lists for running that podcast. So, I and do. we are always taking suggestions for categories. Yes. So if you, that's a perfect thing. So the, here's your question of the week, folks. This is what you could be playing this week. What sort of game of the year, not typical categories would you like us to have? Like, you know, best shoes in an RPG or, you know, stuff like that. Uh, something crazy, something interesting. Um, most, uh, deflated um ego on a main character i don't know, come up with something interesting um it doesn't have to be wacky just uh thought provoking even is fine email it to the podcast at podcast.rpgamer.com wait don't do that because the email box is full of crap put it in the show thread board.rpgamer.com go to the show thread register post it there um tweet it at us twitter.com slash rpgamer or you can call us and leave your suggestion there at 608-729-4098. 608-729-4098. I apparently know what I'm doing this week. What? Email? Cleaning yeah. out the email. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that, I think we're done, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for the first podcast of 2015. Woo! edition. We'll be back next week with more RPG Cast. Until then, everybody, stay frosty. I don't know. We need a little catchphrase, don't we? Stay, stay kitty. 
because I'm looking at my cat. So Meow. stay kitty till next week, and we'll catch you. Bye bye, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah.